Welcome, everyone, to episode 258 of the Thumbs of the Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Eric. Will. Corey. Today's topic, we're going to be covering the Steam Summer Sale. We each picked a handful of games to recommend uh, to you, the listener. Uh, I don't know. Various reasons, I guess, right? Yeah, we'll discuss them. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be our main topic. Uh, anyone have anything you want to tease for later on in the episode? I've just been playing um, Uncharted 4 mm-hmm. as I approach the ending, mm-hmm. and I finally got around to playing Civ 5. Oh, I know, nice. I know, the, I know the new one is coming out soon, but yep. I have finally gotten around to playing Civ 5, so I'll, I'll be talking about that a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, play a little more Rocket League as, as per the usual. Nice. Corey, anything new? Uh, I played a couple new things. Finally got around to Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Only about a year behind, even though it just came out on PC this year, right? Yeah, it was early. This yeah. Year. Uh, you're no further behind than I am with Civ 5. Yeah. And then I also played a little indie game called VA11 Hall A Cyberpunk Bartender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard good things about that. Yeah. I'll talk a little bit about that. I, I put almost an hour into it. Nice. Uh, but, like, yeah, a lot more Rocket League for me as well. So. Okay. Will? Anything new? Uh,. I've just been playing the same things that I've been playing. I dabbled with Star Ocean, but not enough to talk about it. Integrity and Faithlessness? Yeah. Really? You bought it? Yeah, it reviewed, yeah, it reviewed badly, but yeah. i kind of been playing JRPGs a ton. Okay. And uh, I said, how bad could it be? Oh, and you let us know. I will at some point. Uh, I only did like 15 minutes of pl- like playtime. Okay. I read that if you get motion sick when you play games, uh, that you should not play that game. Just I could definitely see that with how the combat is. Okay, so Corey, not for you. Avoid it. Okay. Uh, the only thing I have to tease is after the episode, me and Corey are going to be talking about the season finale of Game of Thrones. So uh, stay tuned after the outro for that. A lot of stuff to cover. Right, Corey? Sure. So, all right. Well, let's get started. Uh, Will, we'll start with you. What's your first, first game, Steam Dan. sale recommendation? Mine is Valkyria Chronicles at $5. Huh? Um, if you're into uh, JRPGs, I would highly recommend this game, but it's a little bit different than just your normal JRPG because the combat is a little more action-y. Uh, so I feel like this game is a little bit more fun to somebody who plays those types of games or doesn't play those types of games, um, but with like very in-depth strategic uh, involved in the game. Yeah, it sounds appealing to me, games. actually. It's turn-based strategy, right? Yep. It's, but it's, I definitely, it's like fir, first slash third person turn-based strategy. Like it's, it's, it's like XCOM. Kind of, yeah. It's kind of hard, hard to describe though. Yeah. It's like XCOM, but you're actually like doing the shooting yeah. uh, and stuff like that and aiming and whatnot. And then from there, uh, it does the, the accuracy and all that. I'll talk more about it and what we played because I played, I want to say like 12 hours this week of it. Okay. So. Wow. Um, yeah, I love that game. It's a lot of fun, and like I said, for $5, that is a steal. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Corey, first recommendation. I'll start at the top. The Swapper is only $3. Really? Down from, oh, yeah. Down from 15 I figured that's, uh, if you haven't played it and you're into puzzle games, 
That is a great, uh, relatively, last year, two years ago it came out? I think two. I'm thinking two. Yeah, I think you're right. 2014 release. Mm-hmm. Uh, but an excellent puzzle puzzle platformer set in outer space with a eerie feel to it. Very purple and atmospheric. Yeah, and an awesome ending. Made, oh, yeah? yeah? Oh, yeah. Made by the people who made uh, Talos Principle. Yeah? Oh. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's cool. Definitely. The Swapper. My list out, is... Uh, go ahead, Will. It came out in 2013. Okay. 2013. Wow. I was okay. going to suggest maybe that third year. Three years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, most of my suggestions are just these, like, dirt cheap games that I feel like are must-plays. Yeah. Oh, good, because so, I, have, I have a mixture. That's one of mine. Yeah. I've got a couple different criteria for my list. Go ahead, Eric. What's your first uh, Steam recommendation? Steam yeah, set. these are in no particular order. Um, I've actually got two lists. Uh-huh. What I did was I made my own list, and then I had my wife, who does not know a lick about video games, I said, honey, look at the Steam sale, scroll down through, base your choices off of price and what the picture looks like, <laughs> and make a list. That's okay? awesome. Ooh, I like so that. So she has uh, Christie's top five picks uh-huh. and Christie's five don't bother list. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'll give you mine first, because hers is way better. Uh my first pick of games I do like is uh, Rise, uh-huh. uh, Son of Rome, for $5. Yeah. I mean, oh. I, I was a huge fan of that game when I played I know it kind of got shit on uh, with reviews and such, but I thought that the graphics were fantastic. It was a little repetitive, but I thought that the executions were really cool and gory and... I don't know. I, just, I thought it was a good length, too, which is yeah. important to me these days. I also really uh, liked so it, five, too. Yeah, so for, so for 5 bucks. Uh, I think you can't beat that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. The first one on uh, my wife Christie's top picks is Life is Strange, and she gave me just a little explanation of why for each of these games. So for Life is Strange, she said it's the only game I've actually ever been involved in playing. My only complaint is that my husband continued to play it without his wife. Aww. And the price is incredible at $1.99. Mm-hmm. Now that is just for the first, first episode. Uh, episode, I should uh, I should clarify. Uh-huh. Mm, Trixie. I, I should also say, since we just talked about it, I do have Life is Strange on my list too. Yeah, we didn't compare lists beforehand. I kind of figured if we had multiples, we'd just kind of go yep. over them at the time. Yep. Yeah, she has good taste. Very good yeah. taste. I knew you guys would love that she picked that game. Which <laughs> game made of the year worthy. Pick. Yeah. G O T Y. Do you Why want... did we like Life is Strange? You couple of nerds. I don't. I don't really remember it. <laughs> uh, incredible. yeah it's the story and the the time mechanic was clever and uh, a lot of it was just like the drama you know yeah the pretty little liars aspect of it right well that's, what, that's why i love it <laughs> and a, a good uh good soundtrack good characters there are scenes in that game that i will never forget oh yeah Definitely. I still think about a couple. There's two uh, scenes that I still remember clear as day, and I was like, "That was incredible." Yeah, right up there with like some of my favorite scenes in movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's good. Do you want to cover Christie's uh, Avoid first Avoid game? Sure. Uh, so the one on the top of her don't bother list is actually Rise Son of Rome. Oh, okay, <laughs> and the reason that she puts is this. <laughs> This game is an impressive 75% on Metacritic. Or no, no. 
is an impressive 75% off, but the bugs in the game don't compare to the obvious misspelling of the word rise. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that was her uh, top don't bother list. Nice. Okay. Uh, My first pick for uh, Steam Summer Sale is actually two games. It's the Metro Redux bundle uh, for $750. That gets you Metro 2033 and Metro Last Light Redux. Um, Very atmospheric first-person shooters, uh, some really good story elements to it. Uh, Also multiple endings, which I did not realize the first time I played through them, but depending on some of the things you do in the game, it it can influence the, the ending of the game. Uh, I know Corey's nice. a big fan of the Metro series. Indeed. Uh, Will, have you played Metro? Oh, my God, yeah, Dan. Okay. Eric, did you play Metro? Yeah, I liked it. I never finished it, but, okay. uh, yeah. It was, I didn't like it as much as you guys did, but I yeah. did like it. Uh, yeah, for seven fifty, uh, absolute steal. And that's so, for both games, right? For both games, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So. You always got to support your uh, local Eastern European developer. Yeah. <laughs> Especially your local one. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, Will, second game on your list. Second game on my list is Stardew Valley at eleven ninety nine. Now, I recommend this game at $15, so if you can get it on sale, like so, it is definitely worth the price point. That's a game where I put 30 hours into that I'm still not even done, and Corey and Dan put, I don't know, what, 50, 60 hours? Oh, I have over 70, 70 I think. 75, I have. Like Stardew Valley. I also had Stardew Valley on my list. Well. Yep, I had it on mine yeah. as number three. That's just one of those games that I feel like, again, anybody would compl- pick it up and like yeah. it a ton. I had it on my list too, Will, and not because I think it's like a crazy awesome deal. It's just that you know three dollars off. I probably would have had it on here if it was one dollar off because it came out this year. I loved it so much. There's a ton of uh, value mm-hmm. in in that. So, yeah, it was on my yeah. list, too. It showed up on another list. Oh, the Christie's Don't Bother list at number three. Okay. Mm. Stardew Valley, overpriced, even with the 20% off. This game is basically just a mobile game that you overpay for. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's what she gathered from looking at it. I, I like I like I like the uh, judging based on the on the graphic. That's that's I thought, that's yeah, pretty neat. I thought it was funny. It's pretty neat. I take, I take a little <laughs> offense to that. I knew I knew you guys were gonna have some picks you liked and ones you weren't so fond of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so Stardew Valley, yeah, that's a, that's a easy recommend from all of us. I think twelve yep. bucks. I think it's worth like twenty or twenty five easily. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So twelve bucks. I got y'all, like I said, y'all 70, crazy. Seventy this was seventy five hours. I think it took me to beat it. Yeah, I wouldn't have felt bad if I spent. 25 bucks on it no and i'm i'm waiting for the co-op yeah that's coming co-op more content oh i'm in on that yeah that'll be fun athletes farm yep (laughs) that'll be fun we'll only grow hops there you go hops only hops and make make booze hops and rabbits all right Corey, game number two game number two for me is a game that came out last year called invisible ink at $6.79, down from its normal 20 Uh Speaking of games that have a ton of value, this is another one I really like, and it's a blend of a ton of different genres. Um, what could I easily compare it to, Dan? Uh, XCOM? Yeah, so it has, like, the the... 
battle layout of XCOM where you're moving through tiles and every character has movement and there's attack abilities and there's hacking abilities where you're hacking terminals and opening doors, uh, stealth gameplay, there's RPG elements. It's like Shadowrun, too. A little yeah, bit. Shadowrun's a good good comparison. Uh, you Yeah, you were a big fan of Invisible Ink last year as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great game. Yeah. And so that's just to me. That's another one. At at six seventy nine, you'll get infinite amount of hours out of it because it is procedurally Procedural. generated. Yep. Too. So, and I believe they've added content since I played it. I mean, yeah. there's just there's a ton going on in that game. Even the story is interesting. Um, it's a big big recommend for me. Uh-huh. Excellent, Eric. What do you got next? Uh, my second one, Dan. And I should say I have not even played this game. Oh, okay. But based off of what I've heard about it and all of that, and it just came out, Doom for 36 bucks. Uh-huh. I mean, that's a fresh release yep. for the most part. Yeah, and It got it w- really good reviews on basically every podcast I listen to. It's only been, it's, it's been out for about a month, right? Yeah. A little over a month. About a month. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, for that price for a brand new game, you know, I was almost pissed that I paid well, I guess the, did Will and I, did we split that, Will? I don't remember. Yeah, no, I think actually. you did. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, we didn't split that one. No. That's right. But yeah, 36 bucks. If I hadn't already purchased it, I would definitely buy it. Uh-huh. That's, uh, that's on the docket for the weekend, actually. Oh, cool. I, I look forward to hearing more about it because I only played the first, like, half hour or whatever. What was it? Whatever yeah, I'm not too demo. far off from beating Uncharted, and then I'm going to get into Doom. Nice. Okay. Uh, next on Christie's uh, buy and do not buy list. Yes. So second on her top picks. Top picks. Grim Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. Despite the fact that it is only twenty five percent off, it did receive an eighty three percent from Metacritic, and we all know how critical they can be. <laughs> also, I'm greatly inspired by the Victorian era influence, and it was released on my son Cooper's birthday. Oh. oh. Wow. Nice. Um. And on her don't bother list, second, is Dead by Daylight. Too scary. Also, the use of masks in the game is not tasteful. Mm. Okay. Sage advice. That's one of the uh, Twitch darling games right now. That's one of, one of the – it's been in, like, the top ten, I guess, for a little while. It's the the four versus one mechanic. Oh, uh, okay. Like, yeah. uh, like Fable Legends was going for. Yeah. Gotcha. Nice. All right. Uh, next game on my list uh, is the Civ Five base game for seven fifty. Um, I also had that, Dan. Okay, it's a, a great deal uh, at seven fifty. That's one that you, if you had been paying attention to humble bundles, you could have gotten as part of a humble bundle for next to nothing. Um, but yeah, if you don't own it, it's a it's a one of the one of the best strategy games of all time, I think. Uh, definitely, time sink. Yeah, definitely my favorite Civ out of I think I've played Civ two two, three, four, uh Beyond Earth and Civ Five is definitely my favorite. But you can also get the complete edition with all the DLC for twelve twenty seven. Uh and the DLC definitely adds to the game. Um especially with all the trade stuff from Brave New World. Uh ex- the Brave New World expansion. Uh I love as you, I've talked about this before, but I always, almost always go for really strong economics in those type of games. So, uh, that just made it that much more interesting for me. So, <laughs> yeah. Civ <laughs> 5. Civ 5. I had, uh, what did I have? I had an offer for Civ 5, but it said it was just for me. Yeah. 
I don't know if you ever it's, get those. It's based you know? on what you already own. Oh, okay. Because it was it said eighty nine cents for the complete Civ Five, and I'm like, that's a really it? good deal. Well, I already had. I guess that's what happened. I already had almost everything, so the eighty nine cents was just what I didn't have. Uh, okay. Yeah, those are like those were like content packs, not necessarily even the expansion packs for right. It. So that's why, okay, that makes sense. That That's why it said, like, this one's just for you. I was going to text you guys and see, like, did you guys get that offer for Civ Five? Yeah. like, everything for 89 cents? Right. Yeah, that's 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 a, that's a fairly recent thing, like, if they look back, because you used to just have to buy the whole thing, and, like, I don't I don't remember if you could maybe gift what you already owned or not. I don't, maybe not. I don't um, think but, you can. But they, they so made it's kind of like the Heroes of the Storm packs, where if you already have yep. characters in it, they take off yep. some of it. Yeah, you get a, get a little like bit that. of a discount. Which makes total cool. sense. Absolutely. So, all right, Corey. Next game. Back to me. Yeah. Uh, not an indie game, but The Witcher bundle. All three games for twenty six dollars and fifty two cents. Damn. That's a pretty good deal, yeah. especially. Um, I mean, the first two are a little bit more not quite as accessible as the third one. I was uh, going to say there's only one good game in that bundle. I loved all three, so. If you know, <laughs> She's been doing this. She's pissed. There's nothing. Go back to sleep, you putts. <laughs> There's just dogs barking everywhere. Well, Corey, I'll jump on there because I had Witcher 3, uh-huh. which is 25 bucks by itself. Uh, I mean, that's a great game. The, as much as, you know, I have I have my issues with it. Um, but honestly, I'd pay 25 bucks just to play through that Bloody Baron quest line again. Mm-hmm. That's how hey. good I thought that was. Yeah, and I mean, for a dollar and change, you can get all three games, so you might oh, as well sure. just, just spring for it, in the off yeah. chance that you do love three, and you might want to go back and play the other two. I think they still hold up. Nobody wants to two. Two holds up pretty well. Uh, one, I'm not so sure. I haven't played one in a while, so I would like to revisit that, but two's okay. Two's okay. Yeah. As far as holding up goes. I actually just bought the DLC for The Witcher. Uh, I got the... Did you play it yet? I've started the very beginning of the Hearts of Stone part, nice. so I'll I'll have more to talk about it next week, hopefully. That's after Doom for me. Oh, okay, going back, going back to The Witcher. Yep. Nice. Uh, yeah, Corey. I don't know if you mentioned, but I think it's fifty bucks. Got gets you The Witcher and the expansion, or is it forty eight? The Witcher three and the expansion yeah, bundle. I think it's fifty, Dan. Okay. Which I, I've I was trying to wait for a discount on the DLC, but I think because Blood and Wine just came out, there wasn't really a discount for it, so I paid the full twenty five bucks. All right, game number three, Eric. Uh, so this one I couldn't decide between Far Cry three and Far Cry four. Uh, you can get Far Cry three for five dollars, and Far Cry four is for twenty. Mm-hmm. So you can get the, the both of them for twenty five bucks, and you're looking at probably, I don't know, at least sixty hours worth of gameplay probably mm-hmm. f- for both of them. Uh, but if you've never played a Far Cry game yet, definitely get three for five bucks. I mean, that's a great game. Yep. I think both in Far Cry four just kind of is is just a touch better than three probably. So. I don't know if it's worth the extra fifteen bucks. Right. So I would probably start with three, but if you like that a lot, also pick up four because they're, they're both fantastic. Yep. Agreed. Open world mayhem with animals. Yeah. Flying around, it's fun. It's good stuff. And then on Christie's list, uh, her third top pick was Spore. I really enjoy <laughs> the multi-genre single-player game. 
Hmm. Also, the challenges of the strategy required in the game really keep me interested. Also, it helps video gamers learn about some biology principle rather than just how to shoot pretend guns and play bro games. Hmm. Um, nice. We already discussed her third. Don't bother. Okay. That was Stardew Valley. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I played many many an hour Spore back in the day. What is Spore? I've never played it. It's It starts off as like you start off as like a single cell organism and you slowly okay. slowly build through the ages and like then you, become, you evolve yeah you evolve into oh. and then it eventually like evolves into like a space space really? type of game yeah, yeah. you go it, from like a single cell organism all through evolution yeah, yeah. that yeah. sounds really cool doesn't it it sounds awesome Is it bad? It's, yeah yeah, oh, it's a shitty game. Midi- that's the joke Midi- about uh, No Man's Sky. Yeah. Is it's like the pitch sounds awesome, but that's what people are making that what? comparison for. Spores. I don't want to hear that shit. Spores mediocre at best. So let's see what Metacritic has to say. It's probably eighty-four out. for Spore. That's not bad. Uh, I would like to compare that score to user what, score. No, like what the scores were when it came out. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good game. Uh, she's listening in the background, and she asked me to tell you guys to shut up about sport. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> she recommended it. Yeah, it's her third favorite game on the list. Okay. Uh, it's got a five point two user score. So. Yeah, that sounds mm. better. Brutal. Sounds like you're a hater, Corey. I'm not That's a hater. It, okay. Uh, my next game on my list is Dark Souls: Prepare to Die. Now this is the first Dark Souls, uh, five dollars, which is is pretty good. Uh, I'm recommending it because recently there's been a a movement to repopulate the world of the original Dark Souls. So there's actually going to be people playing. If you need help with uh, bad guys and whatnot, there's people playing to help you out. Uh, it's also, I mean, it's a little rough, if, if, especially if you played two and three. Um, but you can, uh, add a few easy, easy to handle mods and, uh, makes it a ton better. I'm sorry. Did you say Dark Souls 1? Dark Souls 1. Yep. Okay. $5. Uh, there's also like a, it's, it's part of the Steam now. It's not on Games for Windows Live anymore. They patched it. So it's all Steam multiplayer. So it's good stuff. $5. Will, what's your next game? Uh, my next game is a game Corey hates, Undertale at six ninety nine. Mm-hmm. What a game that is! Yep, one of Corey's um, least favorite of all time. Yeah, he hated it. Any comments, Corey? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> now I had a secondary list um, games. I, I put I put games that should run on almost anything. So that's if, like, maybe you don't have a a gaming computer or even, like, a decent computer, but, like, a few years old laptop. Uh, I picked a handful of games that would run on that with no problem. Uh, And and Undertale is one of those games that would run on just about anything within the last, I don't know, 10 years probably. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, if you don't have an expensive gaming computer or even a new computer, you can still buy these games and play them. Corey and Tito think six ninety nine is too much for Undertale. I, I actually do too. Why? I really liked Undertale. How much is it originally? Ten. Ten. Eh, it's already a budget game, and like Dan said, it can run on anything. You give me two dollars for Undertale, I'll take it. 
Your seven dollars is better spent on Far Cry Three. I would agree with that. I, well. And you can keep two of them to buy a coffee. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that. I, however, did love Undertale. I think seven dollars is worth it for the music alone. Yeah, they released absolutely. the. You don't need to spend any money on the music because it's on Spotify now. Yeah, I so. know, which is great because it's fantastic soundtrack. Yeah, it is really good. What makes it under six ninety nine too expensive? It's like a four or five hour game. There's it's replayability. not for me it's too expensive. Right. I just think there's better options than that on the Steam sale. Yeah. So you're saying a game that was unanimously loved by everybody? I'm not going to recommend it based on the sale. Is my point? Yeah, that, and that's that, that's what we're going at. Disagree completely. That's fine. I would recommend the game. I'm just not going to recommend it based on its sale price. What about like I, like for how I put a game that would run on any kind of computer? Uh, I'd go with the swapper for. That's yeah, but that's a little more graphically intense, obviously, than Undertale. I think you can get a Undertale to run on a fifteen-year-old. You would rather pay for the Swapper over Undertale. Yeah. Oh my God. That boy Corey, <laughs> your guns. I don't even want to be on this podcast anymore. Quit. Oh I, I boy. Quit, man. All right, Corey, what's your next game? The next game I have is the Hotline Miami Combo Pack. Both games for five dollars. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, baby. The first one alone is worth $5, and I didn't love the second one as much as the first one, but, you know, it's just an added bonus there. So good uh, combat puzzles, as we call them. It's action-heavy, top-down. Would you wacky. say that's wacky, over-the-top, Great 80s, music. violent? Great music, yep. It's, what's the word? It's uh, sort of a satire or, yeah. on, like, action movies from the 80s. Yeah. Um, it's good stuff. And would you say that's a ultra violence? Would you say that's a uh, resource friendly game, Dan? I, it's on my list, actually. Uh, no, on number three, Hotline. My I put specifically the first one for two fifty. Perfect. Um, yeah, it's a very. You know what? Just can... get Dan's right. Just get the first one. Don't even bother. Yeah, that's that's right. And you know what? The music is great, and it's the music's better in the first one too. Yeah, I yeah. I, I agree. Though I think the first one's better. Um, it's yep. you know two fifty will run on anything. I played it on Vita, actually. Mm-hmm. One of the few games I've played... One of the few games I've played on Vita, and, and I actually beat it. Nice. It's a good one. It's tough, mm-hmm. though. Had some had some difficult parts. It can be very frustrating. Yeah. Okay. Eric, next next game on your list. Uh, Well, we talked Civ Five, so for me it would be Rocket League at $12. Mm-hmm. Might be my favorite game ever. Nice. <laughs> and for that reason alone, I mean, I can't. We've talked Rocket League ad nauseum on this podcast. I don't think I really need to talk anymore about it today. Um, but if you have not played Rocket League and you are at all like into competitive sports, or you just like to play games with your friends, like you can't really beat it. Yeah, such a great time kill too. Like the six minute matches and just perfect. Yep. Totally. Enough said about Rocket League. And then on to Christie's list again. Uh, number four on her top picks, Subnautica, which I have just heard of right now when I read that. Uh, great graphics, only 40% off, but still worth the $12 price tag. Simple concept, but a fun game to play. Mm-hmm. Oh. Has anybody played Subnautica? 
No. I think it's an early access still, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, it's it early access. <laughs> You're going to love this one. Number four on her don't bother list, Terraria. Oh. <laughs> We're going to have rip words. Off, rip off of Mario. <laughs> Oops, nice. That's, these are fighting words. Oh, my God. Oh, that's good. By the way, Subnautica is that like underwater uh, base building, like, right? Yeah, base building sort of game. Okay, sounds cool. Yeah, it, it, it always sounded interesting in concept, but I shy away from early access games pr- pretty much oh, anymore. Absolutely. Eric, you said you know nothing or didn't know about this game, but it is on your wish list. So is it? Yeah. <laughs> I see. The, I just like see something that looks cool, and I just click on wish list. Yeah. Why not, you know? I, yeah. I, sometimes I don't even need to read the title of the game. It's not important. Definitely. Because then, you know, in a few years when you're perusing your wish list and you see it's like a yeah. buck seventy-five, you're like, okay, I'll just buy it. Yeah, I'll just get it. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Don't, also, uh, don't be creeping on my wish list. Well, no, I'm at the game page and it says three friends want this and it's Dan, you, and somebody else. Mm. And it's at 92%, so. Wow. Yeah. Uh I guess they're doing it right. Cool. So she got that one right. Yeah, nailed it. She missed on uh, the Terraria blast. Uh-huh. Quite yeah, bad. That, that hurt a little bit. And her reasoning was a little bit off. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Okay. Uh, my next game on my list is the original Bioshock for $4. Yeah. Now I picked that specifically because I don't know I don't think anyone tweeted this for Nibble Bits, but uh, they I guess they announced the Bioshock remaster um, sure did. for Bioshock One, Bioshock Two, and Bioshock Infinite. Now, if you own a, any of those games, if you own Bioshock or Bioshock Two on Steam, they're going to upgrade to the remastered version for free. So if you're don't have Bioshock already, uh, buy it for four dollars now, and you automatically get the upgrade. Uh, to the remastered version, so they'll probably charge what, like sixty bucks for the remastered. It's sixty dollars. It's say. sixty dollars for all three games. Three. Jeez. You know they're doing just quick side note. They're doing the same thing for Skyrim. If you have the legendary edition, yeah, you'll get the um, remaster for free. Yep. Um. So yeah, it's a good, what I wonder, a good wonder, game. Wonder, Bioshock was. Yeah, I holy I love is. It. I mean, infinite. I and like the first one. I like the first one too. And I really like the second one too. <laughs> I did not like the second one. Yeah. I thought the first one was okay. I didn't play the second one because you guys told me not to. I probably uh, t- I, I, I probably I told you not to. Was really good. It's game yeah, of the year. Did. You did tell me not to, Dan. Yeah. Thumbstick Athlete's game of the year. Yeah, it was. That's another fourteen. That's another what one. Was me, my Corey. Pick? Last of Us. Last of Us. You guys are dicks. <laughs> Corey, what are we picking this year? I don't know. Yeah. We'll talk you about it. you sabotage our award show with this year, huh? Stardew Valley? Yeah. You know what? That probably is going to win game of the year. Well, you know what happened is whoever, like, it was Corey and someone else that decided what most of the Always. category winners were. It was Corey and Will for a couple. It was Corey and me for a couple. I don't know if Corey and Eric. Corey's always the swing vote. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Hard to get a read on. Um, who? What won the year I picked Guild Wars? Because that didn't swing anything. That was your game of the year. Yeah. Wow. What, was that twenty thirteen? 
Dan 20, picked 2012? Too. That was 2011. I think that... So no, that was 20... That, that was 2012. When Guild Wars 2 came out. I picked Guild Wars 2 and Dan left me hanging. Yeah, for Borderlands 2. I, I remember that. Yeah. Dan, you schmuck. In my defense, I didn't play that as much Guild Wars 2 until the next year. The following year. Yeah, it was after. That's fair. I'll never forget hearing about it every episode for at least 20 minutes. <laughs> Guild Wars? Oh, my God. <laughs> Will and I are zoning out. Dan and Corey are just... I kind of know how you guys feel, though, because the Fire Emblem talk this year just bored me to tears. Corey, I'm with you, bud. Holy <laughs> Moses. It's like me with Rocket League. Until I started playing Fire Emblem, and now I know what you're talking about. So we all helps, have our but... things. Sure. Yeah, Fire Emblem's a tough game if you've never played it. Just understand what's being talked about. Yeah. It's like the Game of Thrones of video games. <laughs> you bite your tongue. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that I don't, if you don't... have any interest. Or not interest. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's probably terribly uninteresting if, if you have <laughs> if no you context know. for what we're talking about. Totally. And he's question, the brother question, of the yeah. aunt of the son. Go ahead. Who here played Vanishing of Ethan Carter? I did. Tito would like to know if he should buy that for $4. I say no. I didn't like it. And I oh. got motion sick, so. <laughs> oh, a, I didn't see you answered him. It's a walking simula- simulator, right? I think it's a little yeah. more action than, like, what was that one really bad one? The Rapture. Everyone's gone to the Rapture. Yeah. What a shitstorm. There are very few walking simulators I've enjoyed. Firewatch. The first one I played. They're not very good. That's true. I like Firewatch a lot. Maybe I like that one the most. But I did like uh, that one. The, first, the very first one I played. I liked that too. Oh. It was on oh an island. Uh, Dear Esther? Dear Esther, yeah. That was the very first one I played, and I really liked it. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's going to take a real good walking simulator to get me again. Sure. Firewatch. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, you played that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, that had a good way of breaking up the just walking around parts. Yeah. With walkie-talkie yeah. conversation. Yep. Uh, Will, what's your next Ooh. game? Uh, My next game is Child of Light for $3.74. Oh, man, uh, I didn't even see that. That's a steal. I went through all 27 pages of the top sellers to pick out stuff. Um, Did you? Yeah. <laughs> So, I made it through the first five, and I said, ah, fuck that. <laughs> uh, this Child of Light, I'm pretty sure that won my game of the year two years ago. Really? Yes. I remember I remember nobody gave me a hard time because we fought about the consoles for 45 <laughs> minutes. So nobody we were felt done? Like, yeah, nobody felt like talking about game of the year <laughs> after that. So I got away without having to really fight for that one. But uh, Child of Light was so much fun. It's... it's <sighs> I loved the combat in this game and being able to switch out your characters while you're like you're doing these big epic boss fights. Like it was so fun and like while you're doing the boss fights you moved um was it Ignia? Ignis? Igni? Ig- yes. Igni. Igni. Ignatius. Ignatius, thank yeah. you. Igni's from The Witcher. Really? Yeah, that's the firepower in The Witcher. Oh yeah, that's right. That's funny because I've never played The Witcher. It's a fire sign. Yeah. Um, whatever the the fire thing is that you can move around and collect like the the mana and stuff like that on the map. There's just like so much fun in that game, and 
I loved. I know. I think it was Eric who didn't like the the rhyming. No, I thought that was pretty bad. It was forced. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. It was forced, but I some of it I was like, oh, that's pretty clever. Um, yeah, I mean, sure, sure, they're gonna hit hit a note here and there. Blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. Yeah. Well, I told you guys what what it reminded me of is reading a children's book, and a lot of them have like weird rhyming sequences that you have to read it a few times to get the get get the hang of the of the rhyming. It's not always. You know me, Dan. I'm certainly not going to do that. <laughs> it's not always, uh, you know, this the straight pattern like cut and not, dry. It's not Shakespeare. Well, no, it's not even that. It just has a different. It has a different uh, like speed. Flow yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah different no rhythm. Flow. Well, there is rhythm. You just have to. Uh, you have to read it a few times. No. It's meant for children, Isn't... and our adult brains can't comprehend it. Child of Light has no meter. I'm with Corey. It's all okay. over the place. You know what it does have though. Fantastic art. Great music. So just to throw my contrarian opinion in here, uh, I thought Child of Light did everything mediocrely. Okay. Corey, you're er- full of shit. Well, I mean, the the one redeeming quality for me was the art style, but even that, I felt like the animations were a little uh, bit lacking. Oh, my God. God. Corey, you're so far off base with this one. That's fine. <laughs> I can't even get behind you here. I can be wrong every now and again, but that's just my contrarian opinion on Child of Light. You usually turn out to be right, though, which is the worst thing. I just thought it was all right, all the way around. That's fair. Well, I don't, with I, Will, I think it's a great recommend. That that's fair. I I don't know that I agree that the animations were bad. Uh, to me, it looked. I'm not lo- saying bad. I'm just saying I wanted I wanted there to be more of them, more more animation. Oh. Uh, but no, at that price tag, Will's right. It's a good recommendation. I'm just yeah. saying my thoughts on the game. How dare you. I forgot it was you, Corey. I didn't really like the game. I bet you that was on my biggest surprise list pretty high, because that, that game was really good. Mm-hmm. It was one of the games I was most looking forward to that year, because it just looked so awesome to me. Wasn't that Ubisoft? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was the same year as uh, the war. What was the war one? This war of mine? No. No. Um, Valiant Heart. Valiant Heart. Yeah, yeah, they put out those two. See, I didn't like that one as much. I didn't like it at all. Okay. Corey, next on your list. Uh, the Borderlands Take Over Your Life Bundle. $26.20 for all of the Borderlands games. Borderlands 1, 2, the pre-sequel, and Tales from the Borderlands. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a really good price. Yeah. Yeah, that is. It's a lot of game. It is. Uh, and if you happen to already own Tales from the Borderlands, you can just get Borderlands 1, 2, and the pre-sequel for $21.53. So... Um, I haven't played Tales from the Borderlands. I've heard really good things about it, and I liked all the Borderlands games before that. So at you know twenty six dollars and twenty cents, it's hard to go wrong. Yeah, for a lot of people, Tales from the Borderlands is their favorite Telltale game. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard yeah. that. Yeah. I've heard that from from fans. So, okay, sounds good, Eric. What do you got? Oh, uh, let's see. We talked Witcher Three, Stardew Valley. I had Bioshock Infinite for seven fifty, uh-huh. uh, and then after that, I've got uh, Metal Gear Solid Five for twenty eight dollars. I remember saying when we first talked about that game that I couldn't even believe it was a real game mm-hmm. because it was fucking amazing. Yeah, and I think that uh, I have some really fond memories of playing that game, and I, I, I think it was really well made. Yep, it's just wacky, and that's fine. Uh, the story was just. I had no idea what was going on, but I didn't care because the gameplay was so good. 
I beat. You could literally just do anything. I beat it, and the story still didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. (laughs) Yeah, but you could be so creative with like how you killed people, like upgrading your base. Uh, The music was fantastic, and like being able to customize what your what your helicopter was playing when you flew in and when it picked you up. That was so good. I of course picked "Take on Me" by Aha. And I loved every every second of it. That was a great game. Um, you know, and then it just had the things that ruined it, like the online stuff where you had to, like, buy insurance for people to come and not fuck up your base and take your stuff, which took way too long to get. Yeah. So that, that's why I stopped playing it, mm-hmm. because of all that bullshit. I was not interested in losing resources to some asshole. Yeah. Not interested in that. So... But I mean, for twenty eight bucks, like you're gonna get a lot of gameplay out of it, and it's such a good game. I wonder if they've uh, since added an option to toggle that off. I, I haven't. Don't know. I've I haven't heard anything about it in quite yeah. a while. Okay. And then on Christie's uh, list, her final top pick is Ark. Uh, only complaint is that it doesn't portray dinosaurs in a realistic light. <laughs> I'm almost positive that they would not allow a person to ride on them. Forty-five percent off for the sale, so it has a decent price of sixteen fifty. Uh-huh. Yeah, and think, her. Go ahead. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> her final, don't bother list game. Uh, don't starve together. Uh. I played Don't Starve, and it is impossible. So I wouldn't recommend <laughs> spending any money on this game. I think she's right again. Yeah, <laughs> the game's impossible. It it's is so very hard. hard. She did actually play that game. She up and texted me one day out of the blue. Like, two years ago, she's like, I'm playing Don't Starve. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> You're just like, I can't help you. <laughs> yeah, sir. I don't know what I'm doing when I play it either. Sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, man. So that is the end of her list. Nice. Yeah, I like uh, I like her perspective. That's. I thought that, that's would, good be, stuff. that would be an interesting, uh, interesting take on the Steam Summer sale. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next games on my list, I guess you could say. Uh, Saints Row the Third and Saints Row Four for three seventy five each. Mm. Uh, Saints Row the Third is, I think, in my top five of all time. Uh, I adore that game. Saints Row Four is really good too. Uh, you can't beat uh, three seventy five price tag for those. No games. way. Talking so. about fun open world playground games. Yep. Totally. So, go ahead. Yeah, it's right there. It's like. Uh... You know, you'd either pick that or you'd pick Far Cry. You know, yeah. depending yep. on if you want like super superhuman powers or blowing shit up and killing animals, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will, next on your list, uh, I have South uh, South Park: The Stick of Truth for seven forty nine. Uh-huh. As um, do I. I th- I didn't play through South Park more than two hours. I want to say. Uh, but it's a game I want to go back to, and it's just, like, such a hilarious game that even that is worth the money to play it. Uh, and it's, like, your typical RPG, uh, and RPG games everybody loves for the most part. So I would highly recommend that, and it's that's pretty cheap for this game. Well, how much was it? Was it $50, $60 when it came out? I think it was a full 60 yeah. Yeah, so, and how long was it? I think Dan and Corey beat it. I didn't beat it. I beat, I beat it. What, oh. Was it, like, 20 hours? 15, 18, really? 20? Sounds right. I was going to say 12-ish, but I, maybe it was longer. I can look on my Steam thing. I'll check. I got it. Okay. Uh, Will, I can't believe you haven't played this game. It's so good. I'm going to. I actually re-downloaded it on PC uh, the other day. 
to yeah, and if you for, if you pre-order the new game, fra- the fractured butthole, um, you can get it for free too. But that's going to cost you sixty bucks. Eleven hours main story. Okay. Yeah, I want to say it took me like eighteen long. hours because I always try to do the yeah the completionist is seventeen and a half. Yeah, so. I think it probably took me about that. I think the fractured butthole might be top three games I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, same here. Think of Truth was amazing. I like the the enhancements they made to the combat too, with uh, moving around on a grid and being able to interact with the environment and stuff. I think that's going to be really neat. Yeah, looks great. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, Corey. So next. my next recommendation is the only game I have not played. And well, you got one of those too, huh? The yeah, the Steam Summer Sale enticed me to probably buy it. Uh, it's the only game, the only deal I felt worthy of my money. Uh, what is it? Crypt of the Necrodancer for $3.74. Nice. I have that right. game on PS4. I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I've heard awesome things. I guess the soundtrack is amazing. Uh, I don't, really don't know much about it. I think it's just like a platformer, right? No, it's a rhythm game. Okay. Like, I think you have to attack, but you have to do it based on the rhythm of the music. Oh, it looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't really remember because I did look into it before I bought it, um, but it, it, it piqued my interest, and I think it was Giant Bomb that really sang its praises. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard really good things, and at that price tag, uh, I'll probably pick it up. Yeah. Sounds good. What do you got, Eric? I got two more that we have not discussed yet. Uh, Dark Souls 2. For 14 bucks, uh, huge fan of that game. That was probably, I mean, I don't know if you include Bloodborne in those games. That's probably my favorite of the uh, the From Software games. But Dark Souls 2 is a close second. Mm-hmm. It's the furthest I ever got in a Dark Souls game. Um, I don't know. I just really, really was balls deep into that. Huh? Loved every second of it. So I know that the hardcore Souls fans. It's I think it's their least favorite. Yeah, of the series, from what I understand, but I don't know. I really liked it a lot. I did too. It definitely had a lot more polish than the first one. Yeah, and it it wasn't it wasn't very directed, was it? Like where you were supposed to go right off the bat. Remember that first area? Yeah, I went in the wrong spot right away. Both of us go to the wrong place. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. That's the good stuff. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, the last game on my just general rec- recommend list is the Talos Principle for ten dollars. Uh, unless you're Corey, I, I freaking love the Talos. Yeah, unless you get motion sick, then beware. Uh, but yeah, I freaking love the Talos Principle. It's normally forty, so you're looking at a seventy five percent discount. Um, great stuff. If you like games like Portal, puzzle platforming, first person games, it's fantastic. It's making me sick just watching the video. Is it really? <laughs> it's like, yeah, like uh, flashbacks of being motion sick from playing. <laughs> that stinks. Hey, Corey, yeah. you know what we never talked about was John and the Oculus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we didn't. Anyways. I'm still hoping he'll come on and talk about his E3 experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Not too late for that, I don't think. No. No. Not at all. Okay. What do you got next, Will? Uh, my last game is I have Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut for five dollars. 
that's the version that fixed the only problem that I had with the game, which was the boss fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made it so you literally had to fight them, and if you did what I did and have a pacifist playthrough, you basically could not really handle the bosses all that well, and you kind of had to like cheat the game a little bit to try and beat them or get extremely lucky. Right, because so, you had been building a character who was not capable of combat. I literally did no combat abilities or upgraded anything combat related. And then you're so you forced did, into a you boss fight. You completed the pacifist playthrough, correct? I did, uh, and that's not on the director's cut. So I did it with the the original game, uh, and I highly recommended the game even with that big flaw. So like this one, for the amount of gameplay you're gonna get, if you're like an RPG fan, uh, for five bucks, I would highly recommend that. Because you really can play it any way that you want. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. And with the new one coming out, like, if you're not familiar with the Deus Ex franchise, this is a good one to pick up in yeah. the summer and just play through, getting ready for uh, whatever the new one's called. I can't remember. Mankind Divided. So. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Corey, what do you got yep. next? Uh, if you are a strategy fan, you will enjoy Sunless Sea, which is $9.49 on the, on the Steam Summer Sale. To me, this is one of those timeless strategy games. Uh, very atmospheric, kind of takes place in purgatory, I guess would be the, the best way to describe it. And it is based on, I think, a board game? I can't remember, but the, the style of it. Like, everything has its own name uh and it's all based on like death and necromancy and deadness uh that's the sunless sea but i really enjoyed what i played of it it's all about getting resources moving them around all over this ocean uh, and you're like a pirate ship that you upgrade and build on and do quests and all that stuff uh very very stylistic so i highly recommend it 949 it's a great price. It's one of those like, I still feel like it's worth like forty bucks. I own it. Never played that. I own it. I've never played it. You should play it. You should give it a try. Yeah. I'm curious about hard it too. difficulty. That's okay. All right, Eric. What do you got next? My last is another pair, Dan. Uh-huh. Uh, or you could do separate. They're the same price, five bucks. Arkham City and Arkham Asylum. Uh, Arkham City is one of my favorite games ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you really should just get the pair at ten bucks. Sure. Play Asylum first, mm-hmm. so you can see how much better City was and what it improved on. Um, but they're both fantastic games, and I'm not the biggest comic book guy of all time. I'm very far from it, actually. <laughs> Batman's really the only character that I ever was like had any interest in for the most part. Um, but like the villains are so good, the gameplay is just fantastic. Like just. So much fun beating up on the baddies and chasing after Joker and fighting Mr. Freeze and all that stuff. It's just so good. Yeah, the Arkham games are And there's are no excellent. Batmobile, <laughs> which is awesome. See, I really like the Batmobile. Fuck the Batmobile. <laughs> that's, how most, that's how most people felt. Yeah. If you like the Batmobile, then you liked Ar- Arkham Knight. They just ran out of ideas, so they're like, yeah. well, I guess we'll put a Batmobile in. I hope they don't make, try to make another Arkham game. No, they're not. They said that was the last one. That was, right? that, they're done? Yeah. Okay. I, apparently that Arkham VR uh, experience is supposed to be really good. Yeah. So. Okay. 
so yeah, I, I just have a couple more games to go through that are on my games that should run on anything list. Uh, we talked about Undertale. We talked about Hotline Miami. Uh, but I also have FTL on there for $3. Good choice. FTL's good stuff. Will run on anything. Uh, Challenging. A roguelike-like. Yep. Uh, was it the first successfully Kickstarted game or one of the earliest success stories of Kickstarter? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, so there's that. Uh, I also have Civ 3 Complete for $1.25. Wow. Uh, I played... Uh, ass ton of Civ 3 back in the day. <laughs> I don't even remember Civ 3. I remember Civ 4 really well. Okay. Yeah, but... Civ, Civ 3 was the first one I like really got into. Um, I think I had it, I feel like I had it on my shitty laptop that I had for college like way back in, like way back in the day. And I just played it. I played that instead of doing schoolwork, obviously. And who could blame you? Yep. Uh, and then my last one on uh, games that should run on almost anything: To the Moon for two bucks. Oh, oh yeah, man. good deal. Let's get your Kleenex. Yep, uh, it's a good uh, tearjerker. Um, All cu- four of us cried, right? Uh, yeah, crying, uh, crying uh, is pu- crying is putting it. Oh lately. really? I mean, I didn't openly weep. It got, got a little, emotional. It got a little dusty. You guys are dead inside. I, I would say I cried. I, I cried. Would call it a cry. I wept. I had a cry. I didn't weep. But I definitely had a cry. Yeah. Uh, it definitely made me hug my loved ones a little closer. Yeah. Uh, I played it by myself. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I would not want to play that you with anyone around. You have to play alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, to at least keep your pride. Keep, right. up, keep up your macho facade. Yeah. Um, Which all of us so clearly have. <laughs> so macho. <laughs> uh, yeah. Two bucks. Can't, can't beat it. Uh, again, we'll run anything. The controls are not great. They leave a lot to be desired, but the story is what you're playing the game for. So It's all about the story. Yep. And I'm not a story guy. Yeah. That should be sad, and I really enjoyed it. Yep. Good music, too. Mm-hmm. Great music. I love that uh, main theme song. Yep. Will. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, uh, Deus Ex was the last one I had. Okay. Corey, anything else? Uh, I have an old wall favorite, Battle Block Theater. Oh. Yeah. For two ninety nine, Real good puzzle game. I played it for a uh, 4 in February the one year, and I believe it was my favorite of, of all the three other games that I played. I, I couldn't tell you what the other three were, but uh, it's a fun. Oh, from the creators of Castle Crashers, as I watch the video right now. Uh-huh. I remember yep. when Will was describing it to us on the podcast, and I was just making fun of him because he was talking about like cats, and, and it made no sense to me. I think I was also drinking for that episode, uh-huh. but once I I finally agreed to play it because I love puzzle games, uh, I was impressed. Yeah, I was very impressed. It's, it's zany. Like I don't, the premise behind it is is insane and crazy. Oh uh, yeah, that's why it's so hard to explain like what's going on. Like you're doing these these platforming puzzle missions and there's like combat and there's like cats like showing up and it's like, it's, I don't know. Yep. It's bizarre. And it, there, it is co-op. I don't know if it's up to four person co-op or just two person co-op. I think four, maybe not, but, uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, worth a play, especially at two ninety nine If you like puzzle games, highly recommend it. Totally. Okay. Anything else? I have a couple more. 
Yeah, let's hear it. I think you're the last one. You don't have any more, right, Eric? No, sir. Okay. Uh, This one is, for me, it's uh, one of those, if you don't have it and haven't played it, this there's no reason not to now because Brothers A Tale of Two Sons is only a dollar forty nine. Yeah. 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 I really yeah. liked it. It dollar forty nine, a buck fifty to play an awesome game. Um Awesome? Yeah. It's one of those games, one of those rare examples of what uh t- to demonstrate like an artistic endeavor in a video game uh, through the use of its unique quality of a controller. Yeah, like you are a person game. playing the game, and it takes advantage of that with uh, an artistic message. I put it right up there in that regard with like Limbo and Journey and Braid. Limbo sucks. Um, I love Limbo. Brothers is really good, and it's it's beautiful to look at. There's a lot of nice scenery. It's that, definitely worth a buck fifty. It's the game that you play uh, two characters, and you control each one with a different thumbstick. So, yep, it's a twin stick. <laughs> twin stick, puzzly okay. game. Yeah. It's it's good. If you like it, like eco, I think you'd like Brothers. Mm-hmm. There's no dialogue, just gobbledygook. It's good, good stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and then my last one is Rogue Legacy for two ninety nine. Oh, yes, that's a great one, Corey. That's I didn't good. see that one. That's a great buy. Another must play if you haven't played oh, Rogue Legacy. Man. It's a roguelike action uh, side scroller two D jobby, but it persists. Uh, when you die, you don't you'd lose everything. But what do you keep? Gold that you can then could contribute towards your next character. You could, uh, like, upgrade your little village. Right. You could level up things, and that, in turn, would give your new characters that you create advantages. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, such a good game. <laughs> it's very Fiona is harshing my, harshing my podcast here. Get down. Come on. <laughs> She's been a lot worse behaved because uh, she hasn't been going to her daycare. Uh, where she oh. plays outside with dogs all day. So she's got a bunch of energy and is just being a little see you next tuesday <laughs> nice sorry okay uh nibble bits well actually dan i have a question yeah just to boil it all down if you guys were to pick one off your list Ooh. oh my god to recommend for sure what would it be okay i got mine I'm rocket a- league without a question a- perhaps my favorite game ever I don't. I can't pick anything else. Anybody else? Uh, Undertale at six nine. No, probably Stardew Valley. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna go Civ Five Complete for twelve twenty seven. I'm gonna go. I'll go with. Oh man, I'm gonna. <sighs> Damn. I'm gonna say the Borderlands bundle. $26.20 for all three Borderlands games and Tales from the Borderlands. You're, you're set for the yeah. year if you buy that. It's a lot of variety and, there, too. Yeah, and they're awesome games, so I'll go with that. Okay. So we got Rocket, Rocket League. What was yours, Will? Uh, Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. Borderlands Bundle and Civ yes. 5 Complete for our top picks. Okay. There you go. 
Uh, nibble bits. I guess I'll go first. Might as well, right? Will you don't have nibble bits, right? I mean, I can get one within the time that you get you you going. You don't okay. have to. Eric, you don't have nibble bits, right? I mean, I can get one in. The... <laughs> you don't have to. It's not not okay, a biggie. Uh, so, Civ Five is getting a mostly educational version called Civilization Edu. The nonprofit learning company Glass Lab Incorporated, along with Firaxis and Take Two, are adding an analytics system to track student progress and critical thinking skills. Apparently, they want to use that uh, as as like a a learning tool and as a as a metric for for judging. Um, progress in learning as opposed to taking a like multiple choice test so i thought that was really interesting i i'm surprised it took this long to marriage games and education you know in that way i guess are you surprised i'm not surprised i well yeah i'm i'm i am surprised that it took this long but well, but the, the, at the same time games have like a stigma of making you stupid when but anyone... look at how fondly people look back on like Oregon Trail. Yeah. Uh, if if they can capture that again, like that would be awesome. And I don't think Oregon Trail was very educational. It wasn't. Know? It wasn't educational as compared to like a, a Civ Five. You know. Right. Right. So I'm hoping like kids, this generation of kids, like your kids, Dan, will be talking when they're adults about how oh you remember playing. It'll probably be Civ- mine. It'll probably be Minecraft. Yeah, actually. But do they don't bring that to schools, do they? Some schools do have Minecraft in them. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, I hope they do. I think that's a, a awesome learning tool, especially for younger kids. You yeah. Know? Sure. Elementary school kids. Yep. Max, uh, I don't know if I talked about this, but uh, he play, he play, plays Minecraft on occasion, uh, and <laughs> he found a sheep the other day in Minecraft. Because uh, for the most part, when he start first started playing it, like he would just dig a hole in the ground and not be able to get out of it. Yeah. Uh, so I finally showed him like how to get out, and he's you know he mostly just wanders around, and explores, and he found a sheep he wanted to trap. So uh, <laughs> he had me trap it for him in a fence, and whenever he plays now, he just wanders around around the sheep that, that we captured. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. I wish I could teach Fiona to do that stuff. <laughs> but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm I'm gonna actually buy it pretty soon and uh, probably probably play with him. Yeah, you get a little co op going. You can say, "Hey, follow me." Yep. Show them the ropes a little bit. I'm not. I mean, I'm no Minecraft player. I've only had very little experience with it, but yeah, should be fun. Dan's gonna, Dan's a, gonna build a village, and Max is gonna take it down, and Dan's gonna get really mad. It's only it's only the start of our our family gaming together. You know. There you go. Baby steps. Yep. Um, you can start a whole YouTube series. It's not a bad idea. He plays uh, Mario Kart too, which he really likes. He's getting Mario better Kart at it, too. Mario Kart 8. Mario Kart, Mario Kart also. I'm just funny. Uh, a Ford dealership in Quincy, Massachusetts was under some heat recently for using artwork from indie game Firewatch. The artwork in question is of the Firewatch tower and surrounding trees and mountains and was used to promote a sale at the dealership. Uh, when the dealership was called for questioning, uh, they said that they had found the image on a wallpaper website and that they had never heard of the game. But it's of course it's literally like the image. Like if you picture a Firewatch backdrop, it's literally that, and that's what they put on their on their I don't know poster or whatever. I guess that they use for advertising. I believe them. Sure, 
I can see the mistake. For oh, sure. absolutely. And it wasn't Ford proper. It was no, it was just a dealership. Dealership. Yeah, in, Ford. In, in mass. Ford, because uh, I think I think it was Kotaku uh, that I read the article from. Uh, they contacted Ford, and Ford's like, you know, we have no control over what individual dealerships they're all, you know, individually owned and operated. Like they they said that they were looking into it. They probably don't really care. I wouldn't well, care. I uh, I thought I tweeted this, Dan. No, it was me. So I, I yeah, I believe you. But uh, I took some notes on it, and Sean Vanneman, the Campo Santo guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, they had a response. Of, of Firewatch. He tweeted, "He's like, come on down to the Quirk Ford Freedom Sales event, where you're free from such things as copyright and infringement." <laughs> yeah, good stuff. But uh, apparently, Quirk Ford has apologized. Sure. Since for the mistake, which is nice of them. Mm-hmm. But did you see one of my friends today sent me on Facebook, the new KHL team in China stole their logo, logo artwork from guild wars Two, the dragon. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> That's they don't, funny. they don't have copyright and, uh, intellectual property laws that we have over here. Oh yeah. That's that guy. They probably just so. DGAF. Yeah. You know, cause, uh, it's, uh, guild wars is, uh, Korean based. So oh, okay, yeah, yeah, they don't care. No, they'll rip off from the Koreans. They don't care. Yeah, but that's why you have that's why you have all the all the knockoffs in China. The over they have a Overwatch knockoff and all that fun stuff. It's probably. I mean, I love that idea of there being no such thing as copyright infringement. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'd get so much accomplished every day. Exactly. At the expense of others. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's all I had for Noble Bits. So go ahead, Corey. Uh, I've got a few. The Dolphin GameCube Wii emulator launched its version 5.0. That's a much more stable version of the emulator, and it should run most big games without issues. So if you have legally backed up copies of your GameCube and Wii games... Uh, the Dolphin Emulator 5.0 sounds very promising. I actually wanted to give it a try before we recorded, but I didn't get a chance to. I'm pretty sure you can run actual discs on that, too. Yeah, I mean, I've done it. I've run actual discs from... Uh, PlayStation emulators. For PlayStation 2 emulators. Yeah. I have Final Fantasy XII I've run on the discs mm-hmm. through my computer. Um, But yeah, I think I think you're right. So if you have the discs... Well, I don't know, because... They're not like, aren't they weird? They're not like GameCube discs are small discs. They fit, you know how there's that the smaller yeah. tray on the inside of the CD-ROM. Yeah, the mini tray it just fits in that. I'm pretty sure. Okay, uh, and the Wii is actual CD-ROM discs, but yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think you can just play them out of your your CD-ROM drive. I should try that. Yeah, I should try it that way. I've got a few Wii games still floating around. Why not give it a shot? Uh, a new series of Mass Effect novels will connect the original trilogy of games to the new Andromeda game. That sounds awesome, because the way they left the trilogy, yeah. the way the trilogy ended, I don't know how they can tie that to anything. I mean, I could come I up with some scenarios happened. in my head, but nothing sure. like is obvious, you know? Well, I read that they might have launched the Andromeda ship before like shit really hit the fan in Mass Effect. Mm. Well, they so, did. Didn't they launch generation ships? Wasn't that in the ending? I mean, it would have been would have been like before the 
before the ending ending, you know. But what about the ending ending ending? <laughs> the different color Sorry. explosion? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, they're going to be prequel and sequel novels, so it's going to take place before the trilogy and after. And the first out is called Mass Effect Andromeda Initiation, and that's coming out in August. Uh, it's by author N.K. Jemison, who I looked up on Wikipedia. She has a pretty good pedigree. She's won some awards for her work. I think it's she's mostly known for like her sci-fi short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she had a series. Uh, I can't remember. And then uh, books two and three are due out in 2017, and book four isn't due out until 2018. So oh. that gap may not be bridged until a year after the game comes out. But I've, act- I've actually got a couple of the Mass Effect books. Did you read them? Yeah. Are they good? Yeah. I, I think I, I think if you were just like if you just didn't know about it and you just picked up a Mass Effect book. Uh, you might not get the same out of it that I did, knowing the characters and stuff. Uh, but yeah. It's okay. I th- it was written. I think it was written by Drew Car- Carpetian or whatever. Whoever oh, yeah. he he like wrote some of the actual games. Stuff yeah, the actual and that's games. I actually read the the fourth book is going to be written by the Mass Effect creative director. Oh, so okay. Same same type of deal. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars is now available on the Wii U Virtual Console. I guess it's been out in Japan already since last year, uh, but now it's available in the West for $7.99. That game still holds up really well. It does. Do you get a discount if you owned it in the Wii Virtual Store? For a while they were doing that for, like, the Mario games. You would, I, you could get it for, like, a buck or two bucks? I don't believe so. I highly doubt it. Okay. Honestly, but... I'd own, like, Mario's 1, 2, and 3 from the Wii Virtual Console, and... I got a discount for the Wii U Virtual Console versions of those games. So, yeah. but that was before they did they restructured their their uh, loyalty programs and stuff. So, I got I'll video check. of it playing in the chat. I'm I'm tempted to go back oh, and, and play it's it. Again. So good, so it is good. really good. It's great. Um, uh, speaking of Nintendo, apparently they are interested in VR. Uh, Officially, rather than just rumors and speculation. So there was a shareholder event in Kyoto this week, and Shigeru Miyamoto claimed he saw VR at E3, but was kind of let down by it. Uh, And that for Nintendo's sake, they're concerned about safety. Uh, They want to give parents peace of mind when it comes to VR, and they want players to be able to play for long periods. So I guess based on what he saw, you know, seeing the motion sickness and the uncomfortable aspect of playing with VR, he didn't. To me, it sounds like he didn't seem he didn't feel that VR as it is was a good fit for Nintendo. Uh-huh. Yeah, but they are currently researching virtual reality, so they do have the technology there. Whatever that may be, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but a side note of all this that I thought was interesting that uh, Miyamoto was quoted saying that they didn't show NX at E3 only because they were worried about imitators, oh. which is fascinating. Yeah. So whatever they have must be a real good idea that's easily copied. Or know. or they think it's a really good idea that could easily <laughs> yeah, be copied. Could, right. It could be that. I don't know. And I'm not I'm not saying that I don't think that that could be the case, but Yeah, no, you're right. It's a good good way to qualify it. They think True. they have a good idea that could easily be copied. They may. I hope they do. I yeah, really hope they do. Me too. I'm telling you, it's uh it's just uh play uh play Nintendo wherever you want kind of thing. Plug yeah. it in your computer, plug it in your TV, plug it into whatever. 
I hadn't even thought about the kids angle of VR. Yeah. Like I only think of it as like an adult thing, but he's absolutely right. Like, you know, kids with a VR headset on, I mean, imagine think of like we were relatively tame children and think of the stupid things we would have done with VR. Right. And think of what, you know, uh, like a, a wild child would do with VR on, you know, someone's going to really hurt themselves. I can imagine. Yep. Oh. Or they're going to die. Somebody's going to die in VR, and there's going to be a whole kerfuffle, <laughs> yeah. a big thing. The new satanic panic. <laughs> exactly. Uh, speaking of virtual reality, the PlayStation VR pre-orders went on sale today and sold out within a few minutes. But there's no indication of how many were made available, so it could be one of those things where they only were going to sell, like, 200. Right. I'm sure it was more than that, but just... For a hypothetical, uh, could just be one of those artificial scarcity marketing things like, oh, it's sold out within minutes. Yeah. You got to get yours right away. But it was funny because the top comment on the article I read, I think it was on it was on IGN. The top comment was somebody saying, I bought them all and <laughs> we'll sell them on launch day on eBay, which yeah. probably isn't that far from the truth. You know, no, I'm sure there's going to be that handful of people that bought all the pre-orders and we'll just resell them on eBay. Uh-huh. Brilliant idea. Smart, yeah. That's why I'm a sad sack of a human, because I don't have good ideas like that. Yep. But that's it. That's all I have. Okay. How's your week, Corey? Pretty good. I watched two new shows that I never watched before. Uh, I watched The Night Of, which is an HBO show that they're showing early, but it's actually airing in July, but they showed the first episode early. Um, I was just looking for something to watch. And since we had, we're watching Game of Thrones, we had HBO Now, uh, and they were really pitching the night of. So I watched it. It's actually pretty good. It takes place in New York City. It's about this Punjabi kid, uh, Punjabi Indian. Yeah, India. Is that, did I get that right? Yeah. Um, who, kind of a spoiler, not really for the first episode because it happens pretty early on, but uh, he is trying to go to a party with his friend. He's a nerdy guy. He tutors these kids who invited him to this party. Um, he's going to go with his friend, and his friend couldn't go at the last minute, so he had to steal his dad's cab. His dad was a cab driver. And on his way to the party, a girl got in his cab thinking he was just a regular cab driver. And he's like, no, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I'm going to this party. I'm off duty. And she's like, well, your light's still on. He didn't know how to turn it off. He takes her where she wants to go. They end up buying beers. They end up taking drugs. They end up hooking up. And he wakes up. Shortly after that, goes into the bedroom and realizes she's been butchered with a knife. Oh dear! Yeah, and freaks out. I thought out. you were going to say she turned out to be pregnant. I was like, that's that's your average show. <laughs> that's just life. Took a turn though. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's butchered, and he panics and freaks out and tries to run away and ends up getting caught. And it's all about I can't think of the name of the actor. I'd know it if I heard it. And he's relatively famous now. But the only thing I can think of that he was in was. Uh, Men in Black. He's the shop owner. Yeah. Oh, Steve Buscemi. No. No, well, he played the pug. Never mind. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, he's he's he was in a couple. He was in. Uh, he has his own show, I think. He was in that Adam Sandler movie too. Yeah, I can't think of his name. I feel bad, but um, yeah. What's he's, the show name? He's the lawyer who decides based on instinct that he should defend this kid. And the, the night of. The night of. Yeah. The night of show. I've been intrigued by I, this. I got it. 
John Turturro? Yes. That is it. Thank you. Uh, John Turturro is the lawyer in it. And what I should say, what I should say is the, the most compelling part of it is just how, like, routine uh, our legal system is and how police officers specifically and, like, the system is set up to manipulate you into giving them all the power that they need. Whereas you, you people, like, individuals have a lot more power than they realize uh, when they're in that situation to not say anything, to not agree to certain things. Um, and just for oh. these, like, just for these police officers, the way they handle everything, like, they're just like, my shift should have been over, like, two hours ago. I just want to go home. Like, they were going to let this kid go because they picked him up uh, before they realized he was in the house when the girl was murdered. Uh, just for reckless driving or something like that. And they're like, let's just, he's drunk, but let's just let him go because we don't want to do the paperwork, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and I don't feel like that aspect of our legal system is explored very well in TV. And I, it seems like this TV series is going to do a good job of that. Nice. I've seen that happen in real life uh, where I work. Yeah. Where they, I mean, on a much lower scale with like theft. Yeah. Where they just didn't want to do the paperwork. So yeah. they just... They let them get away with it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it's to that to, to police officers, it's their job. You know, they don't exactly. want they don't want to do it. You know, they don't they don't want to do what they don't have to do for the most part. It's just like any other job to them. Uh, and it's it's kind of funny how that that plays out in like these huge cases where like people's lives will be changed because of it. You know? Yeah. Some jobs that's fine, but I don't feel like that's one of them. What do you mean? Like. Saying ah fuck it, even though it's part of your job. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't feel like being a co- a cop. You should be able to say ah screw it, I'm just not going to do it. Exactly. I if mean, putting up produce, you can do that. Yeah, exactly. You know, if the apples don't get filled that night, eh, the world's going to be all right. But like, but when people's lives hang in the balance of whatever you do, like, well, that's I mean, that's Dan Carlin's gripe too. He always talks about is uh, like. Everyone's job is difficult, and everyone's looking for ways to make their jobs easier. And being a police officer shouldn't be easy. It should be extremely hard. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah it's a, it should be a hard job. Yep. Uh, but then I watched something a little bit lighter. Mr. Robot. People have been recommending me Mr. Robot for a very long time, and I'm glad I finally watched it because it's really good. You guys watch Mr. Robot on USA Network? No. Where did I hear about that? Here. We had a couple no. people suggest we should have watched it. It was recent. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was a. Uh, you know what it was? It was an ad on Giant Bomb. I listened to it yesterday. Oh really? Yeah, for that. Yeah, show. The, the second season just started, so that's probably why they were advertising for it. Uh, but I just just got now just started watching the the first season. It's really good. It's about hackers and uh, the way they manage this corporation called Evil Corp, which is basically like a combination of Apple, Microsoft, and Google, uh, and just how rigged that whole system is i don't know it's it's a show for the people for the little man for the ed snowden's of the world pretty good mm-hmm. so dan i think you'd like it yeah and they're not they don't uh pull any punches with the technical jargon like they they stick to it you know they're my girlfriend was like i have no idea what's going on <laughs> and I, I mean i'm not like a network engineer i think is the main character's job or anything like that but you know just 
doing stuff with the internet and video games and stuff, like I can pick up on some of the terminology and understand yeah. what they're talking about. So, okay, it's good stuff. Uh, two recommended shows right there: The Night of on HBO and Mr. Robot on USA. I've yeah, been Night, Night of sounds like something I'd really like. I've been interested yeah. in that because you know they show the commercials for it before Game of Thrones starts. So, I I've been intrigued by it. I don't know if I'll end up watching it, but okay. What do you got, Eric? Oh my God, Dan! Let's see. I'm so unprepared for this. Well, <laughs> the, the top news of the week is. Uh, so I've had the ongoing saga of my Ting fiber internet installation, and I've been having to run everything over Wi-Fi because when they installed it, they only put it in one Ethernet port throughout the house, um, and they never asked which one I wanted it in, which pissed me off a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that's neither here nor there. So uh, I was on Facebook, and I saw an advertisement for Ting Internet. They were saying how it came to Charlottesville, and I saw I wanted to see what the comments were. So somebody commented how, you know, whatever. They thought that the installation fee was a little expensive. So I made a comment, and I said, you know, the speeds have not been anywhere near what has been advertised. Uh Um, So they, like, immediately sent me a message and asked me to send them a a private message and, and talk to them about it. So I told them told them what I've been getting. So they called me within like 45 minutes. And the guy, the technician on the other line was super helpful. He he kind of just talked to me about it. He's like, well, are you running things over Wi-Fi? Do you have them plugged in? And I told him the situation. He's like, yeah, unless you have them hardwired in, there's, you know, you're, you're going to get minimal speeds. So he's like, if you want, I can set up an appointment and we can have somebody come out and move the Ethernet port for you. I was like, oh, perfect. He's like, it'll only take like 20 minutes. So within three days, they had a guy out here switch the Ethernet port. So right now, I'm I'm getting around 300 megs down and 200 up, depending on which thing I'm using. That's which beautiful. Is great. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's that's that's pretty sweet. Looking for I'm I'm like excited to buy a big digital game just to see the see, bar go up quickly. See how fast it downloads. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, so I got that going on. Um, God, I think that's really about it. Uh, I've been watching a lot of soccer. I'm excited this weekend. There's some games on that I'm going to watch. But other than that, Dan, I don't think there's too too awful much going on with me. Okay. Will, what do you got? Uh, really, the only thing I want to talk about, uh, Dan, is something that you can also yep. talk about. Uh, were the hockey trades yesterday. Yeah. Now, the three biggest moves that I've ever seen in hockey happened within, I don't know, 40 minutes of each other. <laughs> it wasn't very long. I was literally playing Valkyria Chronicles all day from, like, 11 in the morning till about 5 at night. Uh, and I check Reddit every so often just to see, like, what's going on for hockey because that's usually where it breaks first because I don't have Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and the first thing I see is... P.K. Subban's Nashville Predators jersey, and I was like, wait, whoa, what? <laughs> so then I scroll down, I'm like, okay, wh- or who who traded who? traded who? And then I saw Weber, I was like, oh my god, that's massive. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a second, then I keep scrolling down, and then I saw Taylor Hall got traded to uh, Jersey, but I didn't see that it was Jersey, I saw Larson. So I thought Taylor Hall got traded for Oliver Ekman Larson. Oh. And I was just like, oh, heck yeah, Edmonton. Like, that's a great trade. 
like they're just getting better and better. And then I'm like, wait, New Jersey? And I was like, oh, that's Adam, Adam Larson. Larson. Yeah. <laughs> Which, in my opinion, real quick, Edmonton, I think, got better with that trade, but they got fleeced at the same time. Sure. Um, but, Dan, I'll let you talk about the Subban Weber trade because I'm interested to get your opinion on it because you've been the Predators fan for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Well, it was funny because I was downstairs with the kids and they were jumping on the bounce house. And I hear the wife, like, yelling, like, angry yelling. I'm like, what? what's going on? So she comes down because the bounce house is loud. It's the fan thing, and, yeah. you know, it's this big, like, castle or whatever. So I couldn't hear. So she comes stomping in, like, to where we were. She's like, the Predators traded Weber. I was like, what? No. No. Are you kidding <laughs> no me? Way. Like, the like, captain? She's like, yeah, for P.K. Subban. I was like, huh. <laughs> And you know, like they had been, there had been rumors that that they were going to trade Weber for a while. Like uh, Edmonton was one of the teams that they, there was rumors of him going to, and and there had been rumors that he was going to get traded for Taylor Hall. That was the funny that that was the the player. But uh, Philadelphia too is another team that really tried hard for a lot of years to get Weber. Uh, yeah. But I wouldn't have taken Philadelphia's whole roster for for Shea Weber. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, at first, I was like, eh. but like the more I read about it, uh, I wasn't I wasn't mad about it. I was, you know, I tend to be optimistic about that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, it really made sense for them, and a lot of people in the hockey world think that uh, Montreal kind of got fleeced. I think so in the whole deal. Oh, God, absolutely. So, no, I just think uh, PK Subban uh, on a, the top defensive pairing with Roman Yossi. It's going to be a tough tough pair to yeah. deal with. This is what. I read a lot about, I guess with Shea Weber, his, like, his, more of his advanced stats have been, like, really bad yeah. the past two years or so, yeah. um, and P.K. Subban's have been, like, unbelievably good. Yeah. So, they traded Weber, who right now is 31, yeah. is signed until he's 40, yeah. making, like, 8 million. Yeah. Give or take, so like when he's thirty nine, making eight million, like that's a pretty bad contract. Yep. It's an awful contract. It was a terrible yeah, contract. Yeah, well, that's the Flyers' fault for offer sheeting him anyway. Yeah. Um, but what Subban signed for is until he's thirty one. Yeah. So if it doesn't work out, they they don't have to worry about him after. Um, it's not true. I read something, and I don't know if it's true or not, Dan, but I read that if he retires before the end of his contract, yeah. the Predators are on the hook. Yeah, they have to That's... pay, uh, what, I don't know. It's it's actually a lot yeah. of money, but it doesn't count against their cap. Oh, okay. Then it's, that's just, it's just, what? like, money they have to pay him. Gotcha. If, we- if Weber retires before the end of his contract, they have to pay $28 million for him, to, uh, like, yeah. for the contract or whatever. But Jeff Merrick was talking about that there's no way the NHL is going to let that demolish a team right. like that. Oh yeah. Well, if it doesn't count against the cap, then yeah. whatever. They'll they'll uh, they'll just come up with it. It's, it's how fine. does that work? How how does that come about? It's a, it's something that's in the CBA that they didn't really. He basically said that when they lock out in 2021, that that's going to be like a big thing that they're gonna. It'll be gone. <laughs> Yeah, there's like, a lot of dumb okay. things in the new collective bargaining, like the whole Dats- Datsuk thing, like yeah. him retiring and still counting against the uh, Detroit's cap. That's bullshit. They traded yeah. him, but still, like no one should have to ha- handle his cap hit. 
Yeah, because he not retired. Red Wings' fault. He decided to retire early, right? To go play well, in the KHL. Yeah, that's the thing. He didn't. Re- I mean, he retired from the NHL, but yeah. So, my my guess is like the Predators, when all is said and done, won't be on the hook for that. Yeah. No, um, I think you're right because that would sink them to have to pay 28 million when when he is going to retire before he gets to be that age. There's no way. Oh well, even though that it was over against... a period of time too, though. Wasn't like just one lump hit, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for a team that's Nashville, that's not a team that spends to the cap. Even though like it doesn't matter, but like ownership isn't going to want to pay that over that time, yeah. and you know would would give away players for that. But I think PK Subban's a good fit for the for the system too. Oh yeah, the Nashville place, the Laviolette system. Yeah, he fills that Radulov hole. Yeah, Radulov Kostitsin. <laughs> I guess a, a ex Montreal player leaked why they hated him so much, like the within the team, like executives. I guess it's because he's too, um, too fun. He's too much fun, and like when he would never be like pouty or like take things too serious, like be too upset, like over them losing. Like he would be like, you know, it's all right. Like we're gonna yeah. get him next time. Like that attitude, and they didn't really like that at all. Um, and when they asked him at the end of the season if he felt like he was wanted in Montreal, he said by the fans and, like, the hospital that he works for, he said, but the team just pays me to play, is what he said. Yeah, they're kind of the New York Yankees of hockey. Yep. Kind of pretty traditional. Did chasing players out who are not are too out there. Yeah. But. Well, Dan, I think... Uh... I like the Predators a little less than I used to. I understand. Well, he was on. A, he's coming from my division. Yeah, he's he he was a divisional rival. Well, now you got to play against Weber a lot. Ah, uh, he sucks now. He doesn't suck. We'll just explain it. Well, no, it's it's his advanced he, stats are terrible, Dan. Yeah, no, it, there's actually a lot of articles about 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 that and how uh, you know advanced, advanced stats don't always necessarily tell the whole picture because like. No, a no, lot. Of, I'm just fun in your bunny. No, I know, but I I thought it was interesting because a lot of the uh, people he played against were like, "Thank God he's not in our division anymore," because he used oh, to yeah. beat up on on other players because of how big yeah, he was. Yeah, but you know what? I always feel like in and I was thinking about this. It always seemed to me in hockey, especially, it always took a player a year, year and a half, two years to really start performing on a team. Yeah. To adjust, you know, especially with free agent signings. That that was always my experience watching the Sabers, at least. Yeah. And, you know, he's 31 now, so by that time he's 32, 33. 33 yeah. So I'm not really, whatever. Yeah. not super worried about that. I just don't like P.K. Subban. You do have to watch out for a slap shot. He's been known oh, to sure. hurt players. Yeah. Broken bones. The best, the best comment about the trade was, man, Montreal is going to win so many harder shot competitions now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they will. Chad but... Johnson's going to have to protect the face. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm 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 cool with it. I, I think ultimately it was a good move. To if, be honest, I feel bad for Weber and all of it. Yeah. Uh, he didn't want it. Does he have a no? Did he have a no move or no trade? No. He was on his boat, like and well, nobody I'm could get a hold of him. He didn't have a no trade clause. Yeah, no trade. No, no, no when, trade clause. I think when he got signed uh, a long time ago, that's like the no trade clause wasn't as popular. Oh, yeah. So. I don't know. I guess somebody who did an interview with him after it said he sounded kind of dejected, kind of upset about it. Ugh. Wasn't Taylor Hall kind of the same way? 
Taylor Hall said that he took it as an indictment as him as a player. Huh. So Hall's going to score like 50 goals next year. Oh, yeah. Against the Rangers, all of them. Devils are going to win the cup. <laughs> you know who's not? Edmonton. <laughs> Fuck that team. No. Yeah. Too, but, much, too much yeah. offense. Okay. That's all I had. All right. Um, I don't think I have... That was really all I had to talk about, too. I started uh, actually cleaning and organizing the studio. I'm going to consolidate it a little bit because, you know, nice. I've been sitting here looking at all the microphones all still set up. I'm like, <laughs> I guess I could just make this smaller, you know. Right. Just turn it a little bit. Uh, but I'm also going to, like, have some stuff behind me so it's not just, like, black and white, like, Harley Quinn, you know, picture up here. I'll have some gaming memorabilia behind me and my bookshelf and whatnot. Uh, but that's all I've been, you know, that's all I've been doing. Aside from watching Game of Thrones, huh, Corey? Yeah. Which we'll talk about later. Um, By the way, I uh, did watch, well, watch that first episode, but I fell asleep while I was playing. Uh, so I, I'll get back to it. Yeah. We'll do that as soon as we can. Yeah. Right? Okay. Uh, well, we'll take a quick break. Right, fellas? Sure. Be back with what we played and feedback in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 258 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. We are now in what we played. Um, Corey, we'll start with you. Sure, Dan. I'd love to go first. What do you got for us? I played quite a bit of Rise of the Tomb Raider. Uh-huh. That game's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so good. I'm surprised it and, took you this long to play it. I, we've been telling you to play it for a while now. I know, and I, at no point did I was I not interested. I, yeah. I've been wanting to play uh, Tomb Raider since the the initial Tomb Raider came out in 2000. And by initial, I mean 2013. 2013, I think is when it was. Um, and just now, like it's just gotten to the point where I kind of got sick of playing The Witcher, believe it or not. And it's midsummer. Uh, I'm just kind of looking for something to play. So, uh, I like the snow biome. So that's a good start. But I also was really wanting to play something cinematic. And mm-hmm. I think Rise of the Tomb Raider really nails that. And the whole time I was playing, I was I was trying to figure out, and maybe you guys can help me because I'm still not entirely sure, uh, why I really liked Rise of the Tomb Raider and will continue to play it, whereas I couldn't get into any of the Uncharted games. Well, they're different. Well, Uncharted, the yeah. Rise of the Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider is a little more open. Um, and I don't, it's not really that story based. Right. Really. I didn't think. Whereas Uncharted is about relationships between Nate and Sully and Nate and Elena. And if you're not into that, probably not going to like it. Cause other than that, it's pretty average shit. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's well done. Don't get me wrong. Like Uncharted 4 is a very well polished and well thought out game and everything like that. But. If you, like I said, if you're not into the characters and that whole thing, then it's probably not for you. Okay. Oh. Rise of the Tomb Raiders is not a story focus, and I think the gameplay is really fun. It's got the tombs parade, which is cool. Um, well, one of my favorite things are the challenge tombs. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Because not only um, are they like really clever puzzles, which are fun. Although the first two I, I, I've done, I kind of feel bad because Lara is just flooding these historic tombs like with water. Yeah. And they're just done. I'm ruining yep. everything. 
just destroying everything. But I get awesome abilities afterwards, like worthwhile abilities that affect gameplay in big ways. Yeah. Um, so that's an awesome aspect of it. The control it controls amazingly well, and I like how like you'll go through something that's kind of linear, and then the game will open up. There's big open area with a lot of different things going on, and you can hunt, and you can do these challenges, these side challenges, and you can talk to characters, and the characters will give you quests to do, and uh, it's you kind of just do it at your leisure, and just pursue the thing that you're having the most fun with or the most entertained by. And Corey, you can't do any of that in Uncharted. I think, yeah, okay, so, so I think that's what it different is, games. What it is for me, okay, yeah, because uh, it's definitely like there, there's a lot of similarities too, because I mean it's it's. It's Indiana Jones in a right. gameplay, in, in a game, essentially. Um, but for me, like, I don't know. Like, I just really enjoy Rise of the Tomb Raider it's a great quite game. a bit. And a lot of it, like, I think I like Lara more as a character because she's a little more... Sassy? Desperate. Oh. Yeah, because Nate, Nate is like... He's... I don't know if I would describe him as a badass, but, like, y- you never... He's confident and like yeah, she Laura shouldn't succeed. Where you never think Nate isn't going to succeed. You're always like, okay, well, Nathan Drake is like a handsome, traveling, strong, yeah, yeah. smart, and and Laura's he's attractive like, he's, he's got too, this. and strong and smart. But like for her, it's just it's. I can't really put my finger on it, it but like well, she's always getting her ass kicked. Almost, off. yeah, almost insurmountable odds too. Like yeah, she's yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah. going up against an entire army by herself, and with with the the tribes people too that you come across. She's yeah, she's much more endearing to me, and I think that really helps. I'm, um, not, I'm certainly not going to argue that. But uh, I really, I I love it. I probably put about five hours in by now, four or five hours. Uh, it's it's really good stuff. And with me, when I play these games, I always try and figure out, like, okay, what's the most efficient way I can choose my abilities? Not like, oh, what's going to make me more badass? It's like, what can I choose now that will influence the rest of the game in the most efficient way? So I always choose, like, right off the bat, I choose uh, abilities that give me bonus to experience. Yeah, experience then I can pour that experience into other abilities and, and go from there. Uh, and it's like crafting and stuff like that. But there's just so many systems built into a game that is traditionally just known as like a platformer. Yeah. You know, like old or old Lara Croft Tomb Raider was just climbing shit and shooting shit, you know? Yeah. And now it's all these other That's things. Uncharted. Like, like crafting and 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 role playing and yeah. you know, these side quests and stealth and I know Uncharted has some stealth too. Right? Uh, too much stuff in the new one, really? in my opinion, okay. which we'll get into. But uh, it's also like I've been I've been saying how I want to play something cinematic, and in this game, like it just nails it. It's so good in so many different ways, and it's awesome. I really I really love. Corey, it. when you said that it used to be just climbing things and shooting things, that's exactly what Uncharted is. Yeah. yeah. But it's got the whole story with the characters. So, like I said, if you're not into the characters and story. Then all that's left is the climbing and shooting. Mm, okay. You know. I also really like the historical aspect, and I don't remember how much of Uncharted is based in history. But, like, Lara discovering, like, Mongol artifacts and yeah. Byzantine artifacts and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it kind of it, it puts you in a time and place that I, I could be wrong, but I don't remember Uncharted doing the same for me. Uncharted 
from what I recall, seemed a little bit more out there. Uh, but I could be wrong about that, so so don't quote me on that. But that was just I playing think, Rise of the Tomb Raider now is, is what I got. That's, that's what I liked more about Rise of the Tomb Raider as opposed to um, the first Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider what, 20, 2012 or 2013. Tomb Raider rebooted. Yeah, uh, because the the like you talked about, Corey, that historical stuff is stuff that's familiar to me, the Mongol invasions, the Byzantine Empire. Uh, the other one was like uh, was uh, like Pacific Japanese stuff from like way back when, and I wasn't familiar with any of that history. Yeah, so I think that's why uh, I liked Rise of the Tomb Raider quite a bit more than the first first Tomb Raider. It's the same with like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, it's so embedded in and and yeah, it's kind of silly uh, sure. science fiction aspects sides of it, but like it's so embedded in history in a lot of different ways that you get that infotainment kind of thing you know yeah it's awesome it's so good i don't know i i can't wait to play more of it nice and then the other thing i played was va11 hall a cyberpunk bartender uh it's by a developer called sukiban i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly games uh it's a venezuelan developer and it's published by (laughs) Another one, Easebird Games. I looked up their, excuse me, uh, gameography, and they didn't have any games that I recognized. So, I don't know. It kind of came out of nowhere, but uh, it's reviewing really well. Uh-huh. People seem to really like it. It is just like a point and click, and you're a bartender, and clients come in, and they talk to you about the universe that you live in, and they tell you, uh, they'll give you like a specific drink that they want, and you can look it up in your book, and they'll tell you exactly how to make it. Or they'll just say something like, mm, I kind of want something that's sweet. And you kind of have to base the drink that you make for them on the fact that they want something sweet, but also, like, the other things they've said to you building up to that. So I had a character that came in and said, like, oh, I'm not really good at handling my alcohol. She said early on in the conversation, and later on in the conversation, she's like, give me something sweet. So when I looked up recipes in my drink book... Uh, I looked, I started with the sweet drinks, but then based my decision on what was low alcohol after that, because she had said earlier in the conversation that she didn't want, she couldn't hold a lot of alcohol. Uh, and I'm not sure to what extent that influences gameplay. Uh, right off the bat, they say how your character's hard up for cash and like you have payments uh, that you need to, to meet by a certain date. So I'm just trying to like make my clients as happy as they can and try and get them a little bit drunk so they give me more money. Uh, but like the big thrust of the gameplay is the interactions with your clients and the stories they tell you about the universe that you live in. Because one of the first guys that came in, I think it was the first guy that came in uh, into my bar, was the editor-in-chief of the newspaper in the area. So, obviously, he had a bunch of good stories, but he was also a douchebag. And you can, like, over-serve people. I don't know what effect that has. I haven't played enough to figure it out. I've just been trying to be good. Um, Like, for every drink that you make, you can make it big by doubling all the ingredients. So, I I don't think I've discovered all the systems in that game. I haven't really played enough of it. Like I said, I've maybe played, like, an hour or two of it. But, uh, and, yeah... Uh, Mike says in the chat that it sounds oddly enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, it is one of those games, and it suggests to you when you put it on, like, it's best played sitting back in your chair, relaxing, 
with like a drink in your hand, you know, like you, you kind of play it passively rather than sitting down for a session of cyberpunk bartender. It's, it's one of those things you just, you sit back and enjoy and like enjoy the conversations you have with clients and, and, and play it that way. Sounds cool. It is cool. It's, and it's, uh, it's 15 bucks on steam. It came out this week or last week, June 21st. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely recommend it. I, I'm gonna play more of it. It's one of those games I'll probably end up beating. Uh, but that's a good mix for me. Is like a game that seems kind of out there and reviews really well. That's kind of why I picked up Pony Island. Why sure. I picked up Undertale. You know, all that stuff. So I also played a lot of Rocket League. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Rocket League for a minute? Yeah. Let's talk about Rocket League because I have to thank – we actually have feedback about it, but I have to thank uh, Savage from Rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that. For for purchasing me some premium cars. Oh, did he really? He did. That's awesome. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know it made a difference. <laughs> I was playing – I did pre-podcast Rocket League today, and I've been sticking with Warthog – what's his name? Not Warthog. Roadhog. Roadhog. Okay. Has been my – that's the only car I've played other than, like, the initial car that you get. And then I immediately switched to Roadhog and just had been playing Roadhog this entire time. Uh, and he messaged me while I was playing today and was like, don't be don't be a pleb. Uh, play – play. what was the one card car? I can't think of the names of either cars now. I want to say, like, Krog or something like that. Yeah, that's one. Grog. Uh, Grog. Yeah, the Grog car. He's like, try this. Uh, so I did, and I was like, oh, my God, they're actually different. The turn radius is different. It's not just hitbox. Uh, there's different aspects of the cars. And I noticed it right away. I'm like, oh, my God, this is better. And then he sent me another one. What the hell is the name of it? I can't. Uh, Takumi? Takumi. Takumi. Uh, another premium. I love Takumi. Another premium DLC car uh, that I started playing later. I played one more game right before we recorded with Takumi. Uh, and Takumi's awesome. You could definitely tell the difference. And I think it's for the good. So huh. hopefully I I take a step up in my... Takumi's the car I use, Corey. Oh, it is? Yep. All right. Hopefully I, I advance in my... I did not league. know there was a difference. Neither e- did I. Even Hitbox. Like, I just thought... I just assumed it was all the same. Yeah. Huh. I don't know what else. I know turn turn radius is definitely a thing and Hitbox is definitely a thing. But do you maybe that, I don't know. Do you maybe burn through your booster faster if you're, like, a bigger, blockier car or... <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Hmm. Don't know the answer to that question. Uh, I will say, since we're on the topic of Rocket League, that this new summer season has put me pretty far back ranking-wise than where I was last season. Uh, and I don't know know if that's just because it's early and everyone's kind of shaking out their rankings and everything. Uh, but I'm, like, I think Prospect Elite for most of the playlists. Cube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which before like last season I was what's the top gold one? I don't know. I can't. I don't know the names of any of them. But I was Challenger like, Elite. Yeah, or close to it on some of them. I don't know. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but it's still so much fun. Oh I, yeah, I can't stop. I've played so much. I probably played like fifteen hours in the last week of Rocket League. Wow. Did you play the new map, Neo Tokyo? I did. I actually really like it. Love Neo Tokyo. It's you remember how I, I talked about my favorite Rocket Labs map? Yeah, it was just like that. It may okay. even be the same thing. I'm not sure. 
Uh, it's fantastic. I love how there's the two levels that you. Yeah. It, it just adds that little bit, which is what Rocket League has been doing since it came out. And what's weird to me about it though is every time that one comes up in a game, people complain about it. In Why? The chat. I don't know. I fucking love it. I do too. I I really like it quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's got the two levels, so you have to like jump or fly up. You can try to j- drive over it, but you kind of lose control if you go too fast. Yeah. Uh, and the music's really cool, and that, and the the announcer kind of sounds a little bit different, and like you can drive up behind the goal. It's pretty awesome. Pretty pretty awesome. It's a good time to pick up Rocket League on the Steam. It's always a good time for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the only thing I wanted to say with Rocket League is, man, have I been sucking ass. Yeah. Real bad. Me too, man. I don't know what's going on. So you want to know how bad I've been sucking ass? What did I tell you that guy scored on me the other day? 1,700? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, this guy had eight goals. It was a two-on-two match, and this guy tore us up. Granted, my teammate just would not play any defense, but whatever. Well, um, go ahead. was he unranked? Mm. Was it the start of this season? I'm not ranked yet. Okay. Well, that's what I mean. That's what's happened to me. The when you're playing with unranked people, or if you're unranked, like the matches can be so one-sided because it's just trying to shake out the rankings for everybody before they yeah. play their their ten this matches. Guy was so good. Yeah. And then I played another one yesterday where it was me. <laughs> one of the the opponents quit, so it was two on one. We lost in overtime. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you fucking imagine? Two on one, you lost. <laughs> Yeah, I put in the chat, well played blue, uninstall orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Including myself. Nice. So that was embarrassing for me, but uh, what a great fucking game. Are we good? Are we going to play this weekend? I can't this weekend. So oh, I, that's Dan, right. I'm, little, I'm free. Christy works 7 to 7, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. So I'm free from 5.30 a.m., to about 9 p.m. Okay. Which is probably about the time you start playing. <laughs> yeah, usually so no, 9, not 9 to 9.30. I yeah. can play it tomorrow afternoon. Just you send me a message up oh, there. Oh, damn. I can't, uh, I got, well, what time do you occu- get home? Occupied. Right? Oh, you're off tomorrow. Oh, no, I'm not off tomorrow. Uh, I should be home around 4. Yeah, I work at 3. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Of course. Shit. Yeah, I, I I work uh Friday and Saturday night. Oh, I could play Saturday. I'm literally fr- I want to watch the soccer game from 3 to 5, but okay. if that's the only time you can play, I'll play. You know, I work at 1 on Saturday, so anytime before 1. Oh, perfect. I'll be up by 8 at the very latest. Let's do it. Yes. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Will, you don't play Rocket League. You can, Will. No. There's room. You're allowed. You're probably going to be slaving away at work, aren't you? Saturday? Yeah. I actually don't work Saturday. Really? Yeah, they just decided to throw me on Sunday and Monday. Oh, oh Monday. Fourth of July? You have to work on the oh, Fourth yeah. of July? Oh, yeah. That's what I hated about working there, was that. I don't I don't even know when I'll get home, either. It's retail. It's retail, bruh. No, I know, but I worked in the coffee bar, and there's no goddamn reason that the coffee bar <laughs> needed to be open until 8 o'clock at night on 4th of freaking July. No reason. No argument but, here. But anyway. Uh, drudge, anyway. Drudges up, pain, drudges up pain from the past, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you play anything else, Corey? No. Okay. 
Eric, we'll we'll start with you next. What do you got? Uh, still trudging through Uncharted Four. Uh, like I wanted to talk about a lot of the stealth stuff. I mean, you don't have to be stealthy. You can certainly get in a gunfight. But man, there have been a couple times where I got so damn frustrated with the difficulty in the gunfights because they come at you from distance with snipers. Uh, somebody will have like a grenade launcher. Meanwhile, everybody else is hucking grenades. And there will be a shotgunner, so you're literally getting it from all angles. You're getting it up close, far away, you know, and, and it's... I don't know, I think it's a little harder than it needs to be. And I know that part of that is I don't really like playing hard games anymore because I just kind of want to get through it. But I feel like it's a little more difficult than it needs to be on the normal difficulty setting. Um, I, so so I've been trying to play a little more stealthy to avoid the gunfights. But I got to a part last night when I was playing that it took me fucking forever to like try and be stealthy with it and i just got to a point where i couldn't do it anymore because i'm just i'm waiting for guys to walk through their patterns to come in an area where i can silently take them down and it just i just ran out of patience and it was frustrating for me um but that being said uh i I really like uncharted 4 a lot the the setting that i'm that i'm in right now in the game is really cool Uh, i finally got to avery's house will oh yeah yep so that's that, where I'm at. Basically, when you get to that colony, like, beyond, it's the scenery is so cool. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Um, I think I'm just, I am just going down into his basement. Okay. Okay, it's uh, chapter 19 is where yeah. I'm at. So I know exactly where you are. Probably about 14 and a half, 15 hours in. Probably another four, five hours to go. So. Yeah. I'm going to beat that this weekend. Looking forward to it. And then I played Civ Five. Uh, I don't know if it's my first time playing Civ Five. It might be. Um, but I only played one night. But I logged a pretty good amount of time that one night. Yeah. Hours on end. I couldn't stop. One, Could not stop. One more turn, right? Yeah, one more that's turn. exactly what it is. And you know what? It's a lot more accessible than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It's really accessible. And I... I would never, never did I get intimidated by what was going on. Yeah. I thought it was very user friendly, which it was, which is a nice surprise because mm-hmm. that's not what I was expecting. Um, I played as the Portuguese. I put it on random. Played as the Portuguese. My game actually crashed when I first started, so I almost said fuck it. Uh-huh. But I wasn't that far in, so I just restarted. Um, yeah, it's great. I, I'm not good at combat though. I have yet to be able to to mount a good good forceful takeover of any cities. Mm. And I think it's just because I don't know what to attack with. Yeah. You got to get those siege units. Yeah, you got to get yeah, siege so units. Yeah, don't have any siege units. And take down the defenses first. Okay. That's that's the that's easiest it. route. You can throw units at it, but especially like early on in the game, if you throw your units at it, they're going to they're going to get wiped out. Yeah. Swordsman with infiltration. Okay. Is that, is that the right I, ability? I don't know. I'm just I attacked with like some archers. And they got their asses pounded. Yeah. yeah. And it was just a small city. It was just like a little neighboring place, but I think you can you can hit if you can hit them with the with the range ability, the, the two tile range. Hit the city Catapult. with the with the No, the archers do that too. Yeah. Yeah. 
no, it's it's one of those games where you're like, oh, I'll just uh, I'll just explore this area. Oh, I'll just uh, you know I'll finish up this war and then I'll be done. Or yeah. oh, I'll do this. Well, I'll wait and... until this research is done. Yeah, exactly. I gotta and finish this wonder. You just keep yeah. going. Because <laughs> if I don't finish it now, I don't. Who knows? Yeah, I gotta get this research so I can harvest the horses faster, quicker. Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny you say that though, Eric, because Civ Five made that aspect of combat so much easier than it was in the past games. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Yeah. They with the hex grid, they and then everything. They really simplified the. You can't do stacks of troops. Right. Yeah, they used to be you used oh, to stacks of doom. Yes, right? yeah. You, there used to be you could have a hundred people on the same stack, and like you'd be invaded. Oh. Thinking there, you know, maybe a handful of soldiers on. Oh no, it's a hundred. Or oh no, it's one. I shouldn't have sent all my people over here. You know, it's a pain in the oh, ass. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah, a lot of people did. They got rid of that. A lot of people, at first at least, didn't like that they got rid of that. That was an <laughs> easy way for them. I, well, I don't... Yeah, because it's cheap. It is cheap. I agree. I I hated the stacks of doom thing. I think Civ Five was brilliant. And oh my god, it's that. an immediate turnoff for me. That's like one of the biggest problems I had with Stellaris. Yeah. Was yeah, like, if you I saw told the stacks they, of Doom coming. I'm like, if you no. told me I was coming back in Civ Six, I wouldn't buy it. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. No, this is a pain. So yeah, now Civ Six is one of the games I'm most looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, we gotta do our Civ Five playthrough, dude. Why don't we just fucking start that this weekend? Let's just do it whenever, as long as it's at night. No, that's a well, game I could probably play during the day. Everybody can take their turn. Yeah, we time. Can... That's that's my thought is that you know since we're on different gaming schedules, we'll just kind of take turns. You know, when we take one, just let let everybody know, and then as soon as the next person gets around to the computer, we go. And in yeah. you know, we won't be in any hurry. We just go. We should at least yeah. get it like set up. Get yeah, it started. I'll, I'll try to set it up this weekend. You, Maybe I shouldn't be the one to set it up. I think you have to buy it, don't you? If we're all gonna play oh, it. Fuck. Well, now's the time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that because I'm using Dan's copy. Yeah. Yeah, as long as you're not on the same time. Well, that's true. I should just buy it anyway. What's it, seven bucks? Because it's not through... Yeah, buy it. Like, it's not through Firaxis servers. It's all client, isn't it? Will says buy it. There's no <laughs> login or anything to play online. I think it's all through Steam. Oh. As far I as I know. It's friggin' seven fifty. Yeah. That's for the base. I might as well just buy it. What's You said it's, what, 12 bucks, Dan? Well, 12 25 or 12. see what you learn on thumbstick ethics podcast <laughs> 12 something is the full the full package 1230 1230 yeah i'll just buy it yeah that's right that's a boy yeah we should i mean we should at least get it set up and see see what we can do with it at the very yeah. least absolutely that'd be fun okay uh still and and i decided that I'm not going to talk about SimCity Build It anymore, the mobile game I play, until I stop playing it. That's okay. when I'll talk about it again. You'll talk about why you stopped playing it. Still going. Okay. And I play it every day, a lot. I downloaded it. Haven't, I haven't played it yet. Well, Corey and Will aren't in frame, and it's pissing me off. <laughs> I have no choice. I would have to, like... Really Corey, cra- did you do that because of Will? Really yeah. cr- crane myself <laughs> to get out of frame. Wait. <sighs> there, how's that? Beautiful. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> it's really pretty uncomfortable for me. 
This is what good stuff right this, here. This is what YouTube podcasting is all about, <laughs> right here. Yeah. By the way, Corey, I've been reading that happened since you just mentioned it. What? Oh, that happened. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's all I played. Okay. Yeah, I downloaded the the SimCity, uh, but I also downloaded another mobile game that I haven't tried. Final. Sure, you know what? I played another mobile game. Final Fantasy Xvius. Oh yeah, I downloaded it too. What's what? that? Did you play that one? No, XVS? I just downloaded it. No, I haven't today. played it yet. I tried to. I downloaded it yesterday and tried to play it, but it said, "Oh, we're offline all day today." So of I was like, course. Yeah. All right. I haven't played it. I don't know if I will, but I have it downloaded. So. It sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. Sounds promising. Okay. Anything else, Eric? Mm, I played another mobile game. I'm not going to really talk about it. It's called... Fuck, I can't even remember what it's called. Rodeo Stampede. Uh-huh. It's alright. Like you kind of you you. It's like an endless runner, but mixed with a zoo building thing. Okay. But the the cool thing about it, because I don't really like endless runners, the different part of this game is you ride animals out in like the wilderness, and you have to jump to another animal, and you have to aim it, or you die basically. Um, it's pretty cool, but SimCity Build is really taking up my time uh-huh. on mobile. Huh. Nice. So, are you transitioning to a mobile gamer, Eric? God, I hope yep. not. But yes. <laughs> That's fine. Hey, you could be our mo- mobile gaming correspondent. Yeah. yeah I guess. Give you a new title. I'm not happy about it. Can I still be PR? Of course. All right. Of course. Then I'll take it. All right. Uh, Will, what do you got to talk about? Played a lot of Valkyria Chronicles. Yeah? Um, and? I'm at the mission yeah. where they go to the city. I think it's called Thousand, and they find out the Darkson. Uh, concentration camp. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they meet the Zaka or whatever yep. his name is. So they're trying to plant the bomb on the rails and blow up the gun. Oh yeah, that game is so good. That mission though is really hard. I'm having a hard time trying to beat it. So I didn't play it all the day. I might pick it up tomorrow because I, after I lost that battle twice in a row, I kind of was just like, because the battles take me like 40 minutes to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and when you lose, you lose all that time. Yeah. There's no saving, right, is there? There's uh, not during the battle, Not no. mid-battle, right. It's basically, oh, you can replay the battle, and I'm like, oh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, like, love-hate with that. But, yeah. like, the game is so awesome that I'm willing to to keep, you know, playing through it. Um... I think I was telling you this, Corey, that they really ramp it up pretty quickly there in the game. The difficulty? Yeah. They kind of throw you in there. You just wait. You haven't even come across the the battle that caused me to pause my my Valkyria, this, Chron- Valkyria Chronicles playthrough. This might be the one you're talking about, Dan. No, it's uh, not. I know which what? one he's talking about. No, no, it's not the no, same. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna present to you the one I remember being okay, or vaguely remember being difficulty mm-hmm. difficult. It it was in like a cave or in like a ravine. Or there being a lot of brown, and you're like, I think you start like up high on a cliff, or you can go up high on a cliff, and then there's two bridges down below. That's no, the one I'm not on. that one. That's, that's the that's, one you're on, Will. That's literally the one okay. I'm on. I remember having a lot of problems with that one. Yeah, because like 
you gotta go all the way down, blow up the bridge, so they can plant the bomb, and then you have to go all the way across the map, but all of the enemies are legendary. And isn't that the one where they get reinforcements, too? Yeah, all the time. Out of nowhere? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like... And I'm not very good with using the Elderweiss or whatever, um, effectively, I don't think. I I honestly don't even use my Shock Troopers that effectively. I pretty much use Snipers to pick off literally everybody um, until they run out of bullets. And then I just grab my Engineer and go refuel them. That's kind of how I've been doing it. Yeah. The problem is, is I don't want to play the second one on the Vita. Why not? I, that that game plays better on a TV screen, in my opinion. Um, yeah, but I mean, I never played the second one, so I don't know what that's all about. But I would can't, I would kill to play the second one. Can't you get the PS TV and play Vita games on it? Yeah, I could. Yeah. It also doesn't look that good either. Mm. The PS TV is like twenty bucks now, isn't it? Oh sure. I didn't even know. I, I didn't even know that was a thing. To be yeah. honest with you, it didn't do very yeah, well. It wasn't for very long. Uh, and there's also a third Valkyria Chronicles, but that didn't get ported over to the West. Oh, oh bummer. Um, there's that. It looks one. pretty cool from the video in the chat there. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Um, that's honestly what I've been putting a lot of my time into uh, recently. I've been really into like the JRPGs and whatnot. Uh, other than that, like, I've been playing a lot of NHL against my friends. Chell. 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 A lot of Chell. Um, I played a little Dishonored for some reason. I gotta play the first one again before the second one comes out. Do you know what I realized? I had no idea who Emily was, like, as the protagonist of the second one. Uh Uh-huh. No, I had no idea who it was. And then, like, in the first two minutes of the game, uh, they explained pretty much who that is. That's Uh your daughter. Yeah. Didn't know that. Couldn't really remember how even the first game started. Yeah. But I did that. I dabbled in Star Ocean. I think I'm going to like that game. Uh Uh-huh. I hope you do. It's... The did, combat is like Xenoblade. Yeah, so. it didn't review that well. No. It was one of those where I was like, eh, it's a JRPG. It's probably at least all right. Yeah. Uh, I've been wanting to play it. The combat looked cool. The story is going to make literally no sense to me, but that's all right. Sure. Um, That's about it, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Probably forgetting something. Sure. Uh, I only played two things primarily this week. Uh, mostly The Witcher 3. Still uh, just tickled with my time with The Witcher 3. I know Corey kind of gave up on it again, right, Corey? Mm, for now, uh, I don't know. I I like it, but I think it's more of me liking the idea of it, ever, aside from a few like awesome quests here and there. Uh, okay. Totally get that. Yeah, that's fair. Haters. That's fair. I'm not a hater. I, I think it's I think it's good. I I still uh, I stand by my Dragon Age Inquisition being a superior game. No, that's that's crazy. Yep, crazy talk. Totally agree, Eric. It's a really good game. I I really like Dragon uh, yeah, Age. Yeah, it's a decent game. I really like Dragon Age, but I would never put Dragon Age above The Witcher Three. No, no way. But anyway, I uh, disagree. So yeah, I'm getting kind of close to the end of the main game. Um. I've been exploring Skellige 
pretty pretty heavily. Uh, but I I bought the DLC finally. Uh, I usually don't buy DLC for games, but um, the Witcher Three DLC has been almost universally praised by everyone. So I figured I'd give it a shot. I only recently uh, the first one was Hearts of Stone. That's the one that came out I think late last year, maybe or very very early this year. I don't remember specifically when it came out, but. Uh, I just started doing like those quest lines because I finally hit the levels where you can. Uh, Hearts of Stone starts at level 32, uh, and then the Blood and Wine one, the one that just came out not that long ago, starts at level 34. So Hearts of Stone is the one that has Catelyn Stark in it, right? <sighs> How dare you! <laughs> no, but that would make sense. <laughs> you know, it would be cool if if there was a reference to that in. Uh, there might be, I don't know. There I, might be, yeah, I don't, I don't know either. I know there's a Arya reference in The Witcher. Oh, is there really? Yeah. Where? Uh, one of the like characters wandering one of the villages. Okay. I can't remember what she says now, but it's a direct reference to, to Arya. Nice. I love when they do stuff like that. It's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, still, anytime I, like, get on the computer to play a game. I just want to play The Witcher. That's all I want to do. Um, so did you play the DLC? How just, far did you get? I, like, just got into it. I just started oh, the, okay. the Hearts of Stone. Right. I haven't I haven't done anything. What, what that adds, for those that have played the game, uh, the northern part of, like, the main map where you're at, like, you know, up above Novigrad, and then, like, the northeast, it adds a bunch of stuff. Uh, and you can see it there on the map, but you can't go get to it if you walk towards the end there that tells you you know you can't go any further and you have to teleport back but the hearts of stone adds that and then uh blood and wine adds a like a whole new area like down south way down south Tucson, i think it's called in the deep south deep south yeah uh but i I, I haven't gotten there yet is there snow in the north dan there's a lot of snow uh in skellige and caramoran areas of the witcher Is Toussaint in one of the other games? It's probably mentioned. I know you don't play in Toussaint in the second one. Mm. But it might be mentioned. Sounds very familiar. Yeah. Beauclair? Huh? Nothing. Oh. Uh, so I played that still. Uh, I'm at 149 hours put into The Witcher 3. Dang! That's and, uh, almost as much as I have in Rocket League. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, right, and I think uh, supposedly this the the two DLCs two DLCs add another like forty to fifty hours. So, Boom. yeah, yeah, I think I'm done. I think I'm done <laughs> with The Witcher. My gut tells me that when I do go back after Doom, it ain't gonna be for very long. Yeah, but I appreciate The Witcher very much. Just just to relive the Bloody Baron at least, right? No, no, no. I'm gonna pick up where I left off. Or. Oh, that's right. It's still, I mean, I guess it would still be saved on your, on your oh, thing, yeah. right? Eric. It'll probably take yeah. a little while to reacquaint yourself. Don't do it. Don't bother. <laughs> Corey's right. I'm going to go to Lego Star Wars. Lego Star Wars. <laughs> you would. Uh, uh, dude, Kim looks pretty sweet. Star Wars is just as dumb as Rocket League. I'm sorry, I like Star Wars. The Force Awakens was great. And the Lego really games good. are always good, too. Yeah, and this is supposed to be the best one in a while. Nice. From what I hear. Okay. Uh, the only other thing I played was Overwatch. 
Yeah. I won't talk too much about it. Uh, I did play one because they launched the competitive mode on PC. I think the Xbox competitive mode just came out today, maybe. Fuck. Stupid game. Um, (laughs) I played one match of competitive. A lot more communicating going on than in the standard, like, uh, unranked play. Uh, but I was lucky. I had a, a pretty good team. We worked together pretty well and won our first match. Uh, but apparently the competitive mode has brought out the nasty side of the Overwatch player. Um, sure. I read I oh, yeah. read and tweeted a Paul, Toss, uh, Paul Tassie Forbes article about uh, his experience with the competitive online mode, and it's pretty ugly, apparently. Um, the, right. differ- the difference between Overwatch and, like, a standard MOBA is the voice chat. He said that he's been in matches where people got in shouting matches over the voice chat. <laughs> and what? toxic players I'm... being toxic over voice chat instead of just typing. So picture that. If I'm not the one being targeted and I just get to watch it, I enjoy it. I don't even <laughs> like to watch it. No, it makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah, to think that people can be that nasty to each other. Over 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 a video of any video game, really? No, because Rocket League, I could see it. No, or FIFA. Any video game for me, I'm just like, come on. Yeah, I don't get it. Here's the thing with me, because I I, recently I've played a couple Overwatch match or Overwatch uh, Rocket League matches where my two teammates are just absolute garbage, especially when we're doing the (laughs) rankings. And I almost said like, you guys are terrible. But I I thought to myself, I'm like, what's the point? No, you're right. I was just kidding. You're absolutely <laughs> right, Corey. I don't ever attack anybody in Rocket League. I mean, they'd have to do something like, I don't attack somebody unless they say something to me first. Exactly. And then if I then carry their sorry ass or they fuck up, yeah, then I'll say something. But yep. no, I, I don't. I don't ever start with you with you 100 on that like people miss a shot like they do some make a awful yeah, say, like do stupid stuff like i i do it I i've do, done do, it I do stupid shit every game exactly i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ride anybody i'm not gonna no. make any comments or anything until like you said unless somebody else says something first and then i make sure they hear it sure yeah i just never i never understood that that part i think we talked about it last week it's just like, the thing why? is, like, it's so rare to be playing a video game and have somebody, like, in there who's, ru- like, trying to ruin everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, somebody who's playing the game and is, like, screwing around or isn't trying for his team or something like that. I feel like that happens so rarely yeah. that to get toxic towards somebody can only hurt your team. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, but I think, like... I didn't experience that, and I still haven't. I pl- I only played one competitive match. I still stick to like quick play or the weekly brawl, um, just because I don't want to experience any of that. Like I just have no. I'm I'm a casual player at best. I have no interest in experiencing that side of the game. Uh, but they better find a way to curb that. That's going to drive people away, no doubt, um, because it's kind of built itself as the casual shooter, you know. So. If you're going to have casual players playing who aren't uh, up to snuff on the... And, Corey, you talked, you talked about this a few weeks ago uh, about combos. Combos are, combos are starting to become kind of a thing in Overwatch. I've seen a little bit of it. Um, <laughs> I hate to admit that you're oh, kind of right, but, um, you know, for, for people like me who are not necessarily up on the combo type, type of plays, you know, that's... 
So you're going to start getting yelled at because probably. You, uh, although you don't play enough. Although I'm not likely to do much competitive mode, I'll probably just play quick play. Um, but I don't want to see like I don't want to see that. That sucks. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> you're making me nauseous. <laughs> fucking blows. See, I don't have a problem with combos because I hit it every time I do it. Okay. Shut oh my the hell God. up. You guys well, do... it's a miracle you're even in screen right now. <laughs> my face is perfectly centered. I know it is. <laughs> also, screw Torbjorn. Yeah, he's getting nerfed. I've, I've heard he's the, the new... He was nerfed on console. He needs to be nerfed on PC, too, because I played one match where uh, there was four Torbjorns and a Lucio. Defending? Defending, yep. Uh, Four Torbjorns with four level two turrets, a Widowmaker, and uh, I think a a healer, maybe Lucio or Zenyatta or something like that. And, like, my team couldn't do anything. We just got wiped out. And that was not fun. No, that sounds awful. Yeah. That was that was the worst match I played the oh, damn, entire. Oh, damn! Part of the strategy. Well, I I, I kind of see that, but at the same time, it's a time, combo. Get used to it. It's not it's a, a combo. strategy and combo. It's a, it's cheap, but it's a strategy. Well, nope. I I think the the the. You guys pro- ever heard of Rocket League? Because <laughs> that's your casual that's competitive not, game. It's right not there. really not a single a, fucking combo in it, Rocket League. It's not that casual I, though. Yeah. I feel like it's fairly casual. It's pretty casual. I'm going to vomit when Rocket League wins 2015's 2016 game of the year. Yeah. Did it come out last year? Yeah. Yeah, it did, did, buddy. Eric gave it his game of the year or whatever. No, I didn't. I gave Bloodborne my game of the year. Did did it come out on PS4 the year before? No. It came out on PS4 first, and then it came to PC... Or no, it did was it come all out? last year. Did it come out on the same time? I think, I think it came right, out PS, PS4 on PS4 first. No, I think you're right. I think it was PS4 first. And then oh, it was definitely PS4 first. It was all last year. In June. Yeah. June, PS4, July, PC. Okay. Mm. And then Xbox was early this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. February. Yep. Uh-huh. Where was I, though? Uh, Torbjorn combos. Yeah, I. That's <laughs> not. That's not really a combo. That's. I don't know. I just the the whole auto aim thing kind of defeats the See, the purpose. Yeah. That's know. bullshit. Yeah. Dude, they've got some work guys, to do. Did we talk about this on the podcast or was it just in our our group chat uh, about like Blizzard fudging some numbers here and there to make the matches more competitive we talked about it okay we can talk about it again if you want i don't you rem- talked about how you come you thought they did that with hearthstone or something yeah, oh, yeah. i can't recall the specifics of it uh and I'm, I'm not even sure how it would play out entirely in overwatch but i know in like hearthstone if you're playing ranked they'll they don't just pair you up against a random person who has the same like mmr which is the matchmaking ranking uh, as you, they pair you up against somebody who has a deck that's competitive against yours. Yep. Uh, and even then, like, if I won a bunch of matches in a row, and I was talking about my Hunter deck in Hearthstone where I had a certain card that my deck required for me to to succeed, and I needed to draw it on the first draw, and it was the Eaglehorn bow. And if I didn't get it, I lost every time. And if I got it, it's almost guaranteed I won. And I got it, like, once out of... I forget the exact number, but like once 13. out of 
13 times. Yep. Uh, which, if you do the math, is not how it should be, considering you have two of them in a 30-card deck. One out of 13 is not right. And I feel like there is some fudging of the cards in Hearthstone on Blizzard's side. And I, I can't remember. Do you guys remember what I was talking about with the Overwatch stuff? No, but I can imagine, like, they probably have an easy way of telling, like, what kind of character you like to play as. Like, you obviously have a favorite or two, and it might line you up against someone who's good at comboing your favorite character or second favorite character or third favorite character, you know? Yeah. Because, like, I, I, th- I think I've logged the most hours as uh, as D.Va at this point. Dr. Va? Dr. Va, yeah. Um, so... Who knows? But they, like I said, they really have to fix that. That you know, if you're a casual player going in to play a competitive match, and you get some ass wipe like twenty year old yelling at you for not uh, not hitting your combo, like no, you're not you're not me, you're not going to keep playing. Throw this argument out there: if yeah. you're a casual player, you should you be playing competitive? Ah, uh, I mean, probably not, but. That like, was my well, what that, I was going to say is I I don't think there's any room for a casual person to play this game. Just like I don't feel like there's any room for a casual well, person to play Here's the Storm. I think there is now. Now that they have a competitive one. Yeah, the casual I would agree with you, the, but now I think there is now. The casual player can just play the weekly brawl or the yeah, quick match. But even then, don't you hear it? No. I've had uh, like two people that were assholes in quick match. Okay. Yeah, I've had a pr- I've had a pretty good experience as far as that goes yeah in like 25 hours i've had two people that were just complete pricks it's not too bad yeah. all right i kind of want to do more competitive just <laughs> just for for science Dude, ain't you know? nobody got time for that dan no i, I don't forgot overwatch existed until we started talking about it yeah i i mean if i'm sitting down to play a game like i want to play the witcher that's that's yeah. just how i am i've always been that you know, I probably have another maybe couple weeks left of Overwatch, and then I'll probably be done with it. Nobody so. plays with me. I'm willing you to never play. Text me, well, I'd certainly play with you. Well, if I you... don't, I don't read our group message. Yeah, no kidding. You know how to use it though, right? So when you start playing next time, you can just send a chat. Yeah, maybe. Well, no, why don't we play, play some Rocket League tonight? I will not play Rocket League. Why not? I hate that game. Why? Because I have to knock it down a peg. It gets too much love. It's fantastic. Yeah. It deserves every piece of love it gets. No. It's made by like 15 people. Good for them. You know how many people made Overwatch? Probably 100. Oh, at least 100. Lots. Okay. That's all I played. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Corey, do you have what we didn't play? For this week, uh, I do actually. Nice. Let that me just log down the time <laughs> of the end of this segment, which I have two hours and twenty three minutes. Yep. Is that pretty accurate? Yep. That's very accurate. All right. Well done. Uh, what we didn't play. <clears throat> the Technomancer came out this week. Sci-fi action RPG. It's about people with cybernetics who live on Mars. It got pretty bad reviews, didn't it? It did. Pretty pretty middling. I think it was about a 60 on uh, Open Critic. 
I'm going to pull it up. I mean, I like the premise. I think it sounds good. Um, I like science fiction action RPGs. Deus Ex is a good example. Mm-hmm. But apparently this one's not so good. I actually haven't read any v- reviews or specifics about it. I didn't even realize it was a thing until it came out. So I think that also played into all of our decisions. To I didn't not play either, Corey. And then I saw it. I was like, what the fuck is this game? Yeah. It's got a 64 yeah. on Metacritic and then a 7.2 user score. So user score is not terrible. Was not it, terrible. Was it in early access for a while? I feel like it's been floating around. I literally know nothing about this game. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I've heard the name. We don't have to check. I was just curious. Well, yeah. I'm I mean, not going to look myself. We'll see. I, like I said, it looks cool, but apparently it all doesn't come together. And I haven't sure. read any, any reviews to... Uh, qualify that at all but uh-huh. uh lego star wars the force awakens i know eric is very hyped i'm gonna on. purchase that yeah with me it's just like the lego games they're pretty straightforward recreations of the property that they're basing their game on um you're not gonna get anything new and super interesting from a lego game not true <laughs> listen to the podcast beyond for this week for Lego Star Wars Force Awakens? Yep. This is revolutionary. Game of the Well, year. no, no, but there's a lot of side quests for um, a lot of the different characters from the movie. Oh. I, I heard they were going to explain C-3PO's C- red arm in the Lego game. Yeah, I believe they did mention that. Okay, so I guess in this one you'll get uh, some, some lore that you haven't gotten elsewhere, so maybe this one yeah, is yeah. worth it. I always Game like lore. Definitely. I just Basing the reason why I'm not getting in on lego is the past lego games were just albeit good and faithful recreations of of the property that they are basing the game on but very straightforward um but eric's gonna play it so heck yeah can remove it from this list tokyo mirage sessions sharp fe is an RPG for the Wii U by Atlas, known for their deep, deep, deep RPGs. Uh, and this one is a fusion of a deep RPG and a pop idol concert. Have you guys watched the trailer for Tokyo? No, Mirage? but it's got That's... really good reviews. I it really does. want to play it. I do too, but I'm having a really hard time justifying a- the F- silly promise. FE is Fire Emblem. It's basically Shin Megami Tensei X Fire Emblem, but they just rena- renamed it. At a pop concert. Yeah. Wait, does that mean Marth is in it? Some of the yes. Fire Emblem characters are in it. I think Krom is in it. All right. It's very, these. very bizarre, but I'm into it. Uh, it's just hard for me to think about buying a Wii U game in 2016. I was just going to say, I'd have to try and find my Wii U under the pile of dust <laughs> that's under. Yeah. I'm, I'm poor. I'm too poor right now to, uh, to be able to afford it. So... Otherwise, I probably would have bought it. It is cool. We're we're all relatively intrigued, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, I was. And the only other big thing to come out this week is Inside, but it's owned, just not played. Yes. Okay. I'll probably get into that somewhat this weekend as well. You know what? I heard it's only like four hours, so I might actually just beat it this weekend. Maybe that'll be Sunday. There you go. We'll We'll yep. probably have an episode on Inside, right? Or will we not? Yeah, I'm gonna. You guys are getting it on PC. Yeah, I'm gonna get it. It comes out on July 7th, which is Thursday on on Steam. So, yep. So maybe week after next. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, two, two weeks. Okay, that's it. That's all. Yeah. Okay. All the big ones. There's a lot more, but sure. Sure. All right. Feedback. All right. This is from Idaho. Jake says, hello guys. I haven't bought anything from the steam sale, but I did buy back Batman Arkham Knight from the PSN for 12 bucks. It came with Batman skins and scarecrow DLC during my vacation. Uh, late week, I sat in my gaming chair for almost three straight days playing three straight days playing Dragon Age Inquisition, and I forgot how good that game is. And I look forward to what they could do with it, or if they just put it on PS4 and Xbox. Other than that, I watched movies on a free site. I watched Independence Day, which was not as good as the first one, but it was okay. And I also watched Doom from 2006, and holy crap, that is bad. <laughs> I can't wait for the new Game of Thrones talk tonight. I loved how they did the finale, and I'm super pumped for the next season. And is it true they are going to do a movie for the end? Now for the Idaho Jake question. In honor of the tragedy that happened in Orlando, what is your favorite FPS? That is kind of dark. <laughs> for me, I played countless hours of GoldenEye. And for a current game, I like Borderlands or Destiny. Those games have some great shooting mechanics. Well, that's it for me, so get out of my email. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare. That's Call Prop. of Duty 4, right? Yes. Yeah. Call of Duty 4, yep. That Probably either Call of Duty 4 or 5 or Bad Company 2. I'm going with Halo. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Halo. Halo was my favorite shooter. That's what got me to buy an Xbox. The first the Xbox. First Halo? Yeah. It's not a bad pick, Dan come to think of it yeah we did have some good times with old halo didn't we yes we uh, did did we ever i'm gonna go with uh socom socom <laughs> no oh god i really don't know i i think halo would i mean this bioshock infinite was really good yeah but not because of its first person shooteriness Right, the story was no. really good. Unreal Tournament was a real good first-person shooter. I think Halo's your answer. Yeah, I'm going to go with Halo. Halo's my answer. Like I said, that's the whole reason why I bought the it's original really a Xbox. Coin flip for me. COD 4 or Halo 1. Yeah. Also the coin. Okay. Will, what was yours? Uh, either Call of Duty 4 or 5. Bad Company Two or Halo Three. I, I remember. Know. I remember you playing a lot of World at War. You That's, had it, you you had it for the Wii, didn't you? I had it for the Wii at one point. What? And yeah, yeah, it's back when I only had a Wii to play games on. Um, wow. Then I ended up getting a 360 shortly after and bought it for that. Uh-huh. I think I actually had you get it for me, Dan. Might have, because that was when I wasn't mobile. Yeah. <laughs> so I would just give you money yep. to get my games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that was from Jake. Thanks, Jake. Uh, so, uh, did anyone see the Doom movie? No. Nope. I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised it was bad. You know? Yeah. Video I game? also... See, uh, Independence Day got shit on pretty good, too. Yeah. Which is too bad, because the first one was great. The first one was fantastic. You know, I saw that four times in the theater. Really? 
Wow. That's you the know. I four times I saw it in the theater. I think that and maybe some of the Lord of the Rings movies are the only time I've ever gone multiple times to the theater. Okay. Yeah. No, that movie's <laughs> great. It's it's one of those things like it's just never gonna live up to the original, you know. I know at least yeah, they leave it alone. At least well, at least they didn't try to like reboot the original, but you're just not going to ca- recapture the the same same feeling Never. from back in the day. Why do you think that is, Corey? From someone who's a little more in tune with the movie industry, what's what's missing from these? Uh, a childish sense of wonder. No, I know, but do you think that like uh, the young people of today are going to be all about? Or, or do you think children of today don't have the child sense of wonder because of the internet? No, I think you. I think every every child has it. Right, but do you do you think that, uh, you know, take a kid of today seeing the new Independence Day movie, or take one of us seeing the Independence Day movie way back when? You know, like. I think it's just at the very base level. Uh, the first one was a superior movie. Okay. It's as simple as that. Well, why that's a boring answer. Why why do you think generally like these movies are not as good as the originals? But there are movies that are are better than There are movies coming out now that were that are good still. Well, no, I I I understand that, but I'm talking about like rehashing old properties. Dumb and dumber. Why why can they never seem to match the originals in there? Because because they're um, do you think it's because they're targeting people who look back on these movies so fondly, and you know it, it's almost to the point where it's never going to live up to expectation. I mean, it's a loaded question. I I don't really have a good answer. There's not a, a broad answer. It's probably more specific to each. So movie, okay, right? I actually googled it quickly because I was trying to think of a of a good reboot movie, okay. and Rise of the Planet of the Apes is really good. Sure. Um, a lot of that comes down to technical right. stuff, but it was also just really well written. Right. Uh, and I think that's honestly the biggest part of it is, is how good is the writing? How interesting okay. is the story? So do you think that, that modern day filmmakers more use CGI and stuff as a crux to, to make up for maybe not as great a writing? They try to make it, make it a more visual spectacle than... I think that's the easy way out. So you you get like a property. Someone says, "Oh, we've got this old, old, old ass property. Uh, uh, what can we do to bring it into the 21st century? Like, how can we sell this to millennials?" And the quick effects. and easy answer is special effects. Mm. Um, oh, we can you know make it look technically awesome and use this computer graphics that didn't exist back when this movie came out. But when it all comes down to it, like how many of those movies back then did you love because of their technical achievements? Right. It was None good. It was good storytelling. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you even look at a movie like Jurassic Park, which was mostly animatronics. Mm-hmm. That stuff looked awesome. Yeah. And now they come out with Jurassic Park World, and it's a lot of CGI. I like Jurassic Park World, and I think a lot of people did. Um, but a lot of what was good about it was just the tribute to the older movie. Nobody like who liked Jurassic Park was like, oh the. The, the CGI was awesome. That was fantastic. Like, yeah. nobody cares about that. That means nothing. It means nothing anymore, right? Because it's in every movie. Even yeah. even comedies it's have, just, like, special effects, you know? It's just expected. <laughs> it's like, 
you know, you're going to a movie, you're expecting 2016 CGI. Right. It should, you know, it should be there. It doesn't need to be there, but if that's what you're basing the film on, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't have a good answer for you, Dan. I, I mean, part of it is like, uh, I like to be a cynical old man. And, uh, you know, nothing that comes out nowadays will even be close to the stuff I liked as a child, you know. Yeah. So just quickly, like, I'm Googling the t- best movie <laughs> remakes. Right. And it's like... Uh, True Grit. I don't know if you guys saw both True Grit movies. No. All right. It. I mean, I think the answers are so different for every movie. Like in True Grit, for me, I think the modern one was better because of the cinematography. I thought it was so much better. Right. And the writing in that one was also really good. Mm-hmm. It was. I mean, the Coen Brothers are, yeah. are known for that. So. Sure. I mean, that helps. I don't know. I, I just think it's it's. There's not one answer. Yeah, I mean we're we're kind of running into the same thing in gaming too, like with all the the remasters and stuff, and the F- Final Fantasy VII being one of them. But you know, there's there's examples like you said of where it's done well, like Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Tomb yeah. Raider is the perfect example of a re- reboot of the franchise, and uh, it being at least in my opinion superior to the God, original. God games. of War looks to be the next one. Yeah, yeah, God of War, the new God, God of War, War reboot, looks great. right? Yeah. Anyway. I just wanted to get that off my chest, you know. Yeah, I no, I hear you. I'm with you. Uh, it's yeah, some stuff. Too. It's just like just leave it alone. Yep. If you're not going to do it better, don't bother. Well, it, they don't make money that way. Well, yeah. How many of them actually believe that they're doing it better, but failing miserably? I don't think they give a shit. Yeah, I think they just want to make money. As I mean, that's a big part of it, too. Like, you got to get you have to have somebody with a vision and a good idea, not just like, oh, this guy made triple A Hollywood action movie. Let's use him. Yeah. And the person could be like, yeah, I'll do it for a paycheck, you know, not because they're passionate about it or have a good idea for it. Which you can't fault them for that. No, they're I mean, they're working. That's, that's, That's their job. And then you get the whole like too many cooks issue. Yeah, with execs having too much power over the artistic vision of said project. Yeah. Which executives are not there necessarily. Well, probably usually for their artistic vision. They're there to run the business of the thing and not. Right. Well, that's what uh, in school, like that was one of the first things they drilled into our heads. It's like for any movie to get made is a miracle. Yeah. And for that movie to be good is a miracle on top of a miracle. <laughs> It's funny. It's it's true because there's so many like scripts floating around yeah. that have been purchased and just will never get made. Mm-hmm. And that's just like scripts. Never yeah. mind everything else that comes after that. Sure. Okay. Anyway, that was a good discussion. All right. Uh, the next email is from Savage from Rocket League who says, Hey, guys, since there's already a Jake from Idaho and everyone seems to know me as Savage, I figured I'd put a twist on the name thing and just be savage from rocket league hope you guys all had a good week i'm up in wisconsin for the week with uh the family on vacation uh on a bit of bed rest i went out and crashed my bike tuesday morning dang man hang in there buddy uh bike or like bicycle or motorcycle i'd be interested sounds like motorcycle sounds like motorcycle but 
Uh, so while we're up at the lake house, I won't be getting into the lake. I am currently about halfway through to the moon and I'm looking for some more single player games that I can play on some shitty Wi-Fi to entertain myself. Uh, I've been looking through the steam summer sale and nothing has really caught my eye. Any suggestions? Yes. We've had plenty of suggestions for this week's episode. Right, fellas? Stardew oh, Valley. Yeah. Stardew Valley is a good one. Yeah. Uh, been looking. Uh, any suggestions? Also, Corey, if you haven't checked your inventory a second time, do so and try out the Takumi so we can do some training next week. Tito better show up. Thanks, Savage. All right. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're talking about crappy Wi-Fi, like probably low, uh, low size games, I would assume. Not like a 35 gigabyte one over a like a dial-up connection you know right yeah we've had uh we've had our fair share of good suggestions i think just quickly quickly stardew valley stardew valley is a good one yeah i've uh hang on let me call it my notes because you had uh you had your whole list of of low resource yep Uh, hotline miami was another one yep undertale one ftl hotline miami civ 3 complete to the moon, which he said he already played. Uh, let us know if there's any tears, Shad Savage. <laughs> to the moon, oh baby, tear central. <laughs> because because Will and Corey didn't weep, I'm convinced yeah, they're, they're they're dead inside. Pretty much, not dead inside, man. I cry at commercials. Like what? I'm pretty emotional. I just don't show yeah, it. Yeah, I'm oh, very emotional. Keep, well, yeah, you got to keep it bottled up. It festers exactly. in mental illness that way. Oh yeah, I, Mike yeah. says Mike in the chat says papers please. That's a that's papers a please. I don't know if there's a deal for that though. Was there? There is. Yeah, I think it. Four dollars. I was gonna put that on my list, but I didn't. Papers please is five. 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 That's yeah. a rip off. It's a lot. Praise Aristotska. Terraria is still like five dollars. It's crazy. Yeah, that's a ridiculous amount too. If you're paying more than two dollars for Terraria, you're getting ripped, ripped off. off. Yeah, but are you nothing though? but a Mario ripoff? <laughs> no, you're absolutely not. That game is worth like seven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I would pay twenty dollars for Terraria. It's really good. I'd sure. pay seven bucks for Undertale for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely no, not. We gave our thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. You need to revisit it. Okay. Game of the year. (laughs) Uh, By the way, Savage was on a pedal bicycle. Okay. It's funny. I actually uh, tell the story quite a bit at at work. I'll like talk with people, uh, and they'll be like, "Oh, talking about how you get into work." And I'm like, "Yeah, I just ride my bike, and I live right in town." And everyone's always, always, inevitably, is like, "Yeah, you know, I used to have a bike, but I sold it. Uh, I was having, you know, the engine trouble and all this stuff." I'm like, "Meh." Bicycle. I mean bicycle with pedals. Yeah, I've had a couple of bike chain issues, but nothing really too serious. (laughs) Makes me think of the 40-year-old virgin. He's like, I'll pick you up on my bike. And she's like, oh, motorcycle. And he's like, no, but bicycle. Yeah. That's how I take the weight out of the conversation, Dan. That's how I always take the the air out of it when people are like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, it's cool. I'm like the 40-year-old virgin. And then everybody laughs and it's fine. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> okay. Any other thoughts? Uh, 
Nope. Topic for next uh, week? Not, next not, week, you say, Dan. Not sure. We could do Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, nothing nothing off the top of my head. Okay. Well, we'll think of something. If Will can get some significant time in Doom, we could do an episode on Doom. Ooh, it on me. I should uh, I should thank Savage from Rocket League again for for helping me out with those premium cars. I mentioned it earlier in the episode, but it's awesome. It makes the, a big difference. Those are from the DLC packs, right? They are. So yeah. I because I bought all the DLC a little while ago, so I should have access to yeah. those. Try out different cars, I Dan. Will. I will next time I play. I'll try out different cars. I don't even know what the name of the one I use is. I think it's one of the standard ones. There's one that's pretty good. One of the standard ones. It's the one with the fin on the back. Mm-hmm. It's considered one of the better cars, okay. I guess. I don't know. I'm new to all this. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, after the outro, me and Corey are going to do our Game of Thrones uh, season finale recap. So if you're interested, please stay tuned for that. Uh, other than that, that'll do it for episode 258 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Eric. Well, Corey, thanks for listening and get out of my basement. All right, thanks for joining us, everyone, for our After the Outro uh, Game of Thrones talk. So we're going to be talking about Season 6, Episode 10, the season finale. Um, well, obviously, that'll be the last time we talk about Game of Thrones until next season, right? 42 weeks. 42. Ugh, it's too long. We'll be past Episode 300 when we talk about Game of Thrones again. We will. We 300. Will. Did I say 3? 300, yeah. 300, yeah. It's crazy. That is crazy. All right, take it away, Corey. What do we got? I don't remember. Well, we started off in <laughs> we started off in King's Landing. We did. It was a very different feel to the start of the episode. It was uh, not it was much all scored. Yep not not much dialogue. At least at first, it was uh, like kind of piano music, orchestra type of stuff. Um, it, you could definitely tell something was going to happen, right? Which we all sort of suspected. Yeah. Because they took time to mention the, what's it called? Wildfire. The wildfire mm-hmm. in the last episode, or two episodes ago. Uh, that was hidden underneath King's Landing. Various parts in King's Landing. But this uh, one. Particularly the Sept. The Sept of Baylor. Yeah. Baylor the Blessed. So we see the little ones. What's his name's little ones? I forget that guy's name. Uh, Kyburn. Skinny guy with the cloak. Kyburn's little ones. Uh, leading the sparrows, including Lancel, into the catacombs underneath the sept where he is stabbed 
and he looks up and sees the barrels of wildfire yep. and a melting candle. He's he stabbed at the base of his spine so he couldn't walk. Uh, he had to crawl towards the candles to try and put them out before the whole thing went up in flames. <clears throat> now Corey it killed what? everyone in the sept, including Marjorie and Loras and the High Sparrow. Kevin Lannister, Mace Tyrell. They were all in there. And yeah. uh, Marjorie suspected it and tried to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was not allowed. And the Sparrow's ignorance. Yep, the High Sparrow's ignorance. The Faith Militant kept everyone in there when they were trying to escape. When, when Marjorie realized there was there was some, some shit going down. I thought it was done very tastefully, too, considering today's... Uh, what's the word? Climate when it comes to those kinds of things. Yeah, sure. Uh, it wasn't too graphic. No. Which good. I think, it, it, considering it's Game of Thrones, could definitely have been. But I yeah. think they, they did it tastefully. Yeah. Uh, it could have been a, a very sensitive thing for a lot of people, but I think sure. they did it They did it well. Just and a, I also think it helped that the fire was green. green. Yeah, big green explosion. Versus a big, fiery, red, bloody explosion. Sure. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I, I thought... It, you know that was that was well done, uh, and then <laughs> surprisingly, which I did not expect, uh, Tommen was held back from going to the Sept by the Mountain, and uh, after the explosion, the Mountain left him, and he took off his crown and launched himself from the top of the keep. Yep, that was a shocking moment. Killed himself. Yep. It was very well done too. Like you said, there was so little dialogue in this beginning part. It was great. And Tommen yeah. just, like, takes his crown off, steps up on the window, and just falls out. Yep. Yeah, because it, it held, like, I, I don't know, the way the shot was framed, like, it was just, like, it was a, you only saw a little bit of the, the, the explosion of the sept. Uh, and, yeah, Tommen's standing there looking at it, and then he walks off camera, and you hear him set something down, and you get, like, a long shot. Like, I, I just love that. They just held on the shot of the... You know, the flames, like, pouring off and the smoke pouring off. And then Tommen walks back into camera, steps on the thing, and jumps off, like, falls face first off. And you're like, oh, my God. Yep. What just happened? It's crazy. It, it's surprising to me. He, I mean, not that he was a mama's boy, but he was mama's boy. Yeah. And uh, she wasn't there for him, and uh, he just killed himself no it was uh and you know the show uh D said afterwards it was cersei's failure you know for not being there to comfort him because you right, know he yeah. loved marjorie uh you know his he wanted her back and she was gone for good he probably knew his mother was behind it right he didn't want to didn't want to deal with the fallout from all that stuff so that's that's a good point i didn't think of until you mentioned it that you're right he probably did know that his mom was behind it and at that point he's like well what the hell? Yeah. You know? She killed... He was also a very pious king. Yep. And she took that away from him. Sure. And like you said, she took Marjorie away from him. Yeah, it probably went went through his mind, too. Like, what, you know, what else is she going to meddle in in the rest of my life? Like, you know, it's just... He he had no hope at that point. Yeah. He would end it. <clears throat> but it's also a big deal to me... Uh, because what's Cersei going to be like without her children? Yeah. You know, she's been such a devoted mother to them. Yeah. And now she doesn't have them. Like, 
she's just going to be off the rails now. She's going to be batshit insane. Yeah, a lot of people think that she's going to be the the primary villain next season because she's just, like you said, just going to do what she wants, do whatever she can to hold on to the power that she does have, and uh, she'll be vicious and vile and all those things. So. Yep, and I don't think I don't think for her there's a path to redemption. I I don't think they've built that aspect up at all in the no. show. No, not like they did for Jamie. Jamie's got a few right. different things he can do, and, and he he's you know borderline rede- redeemed himself already. He's you know uh, a few actions, and he will have redeemed his the bad things he's done in the show. But yeah, I think Cersei's too far gone at this point to redeem herself in any yep. way. Which is, I mean, I, I said, uh, I think when we talked about this last time or the time before, how uh, we need Cersei to die so Jamie can, Jamie will have nothing holding him to that side of him, and we'll see like Jamie turn yeah. fully good. Sure, I hope. I don't know. He's such a good character and he's such a good actor that you just want to see him make that turn from because he said to Edmund or Edmure. Edmure, uh that everything he does is in the name of his relationship with Cersei. Yeah. Uh, and if she ceased to exist, he might change his tune. Sure. Well, what to finish out the, uh, that sequence at the end of the episode or towards the end of the episode, Cersei, uh, takes place as the queen of Westeros. Uh, and it's, it's as Jamie is like coming back into King's landing, you know, he is up on the hillside, nearby sees the sept of Baylor blown up and fire and all that stuff. And he goes into the keep and sees Cersei being, uh, being crowned queen. Uh, and they kind of look at each other. You can tell Jamie's not thrilled with what's going on. Um, I don't know if he thinks maybe Cersei's responsible for Tommen's death, but he that obviously, was my, he obviously that was knows that Tommen's yeah. gone at that point. So, yep. That yeah, and it's funny you say that because, like I said, that was my very first reaction. Is like, does he think Cersei's responsible for Tom and Seth? Which, in a way, she is. Yeah, indirectly, she is. Yeah. Sure. Well, I don't know if you'd call it indirect. Even this is her action. You know, she didn't kill him. Stupid. How far apart were they from each other? What do you mean? When that happened, Jamie. I, I I'm assuming... no no no. Uh, Tom and and, and Cersei. They're just in the Red Keep. I mean, Cersei was yeah. in her quarters. It like couldn't different have been rooms. too far. Yeah. I don't know. It just makes her seem extremely ignorant and, like, tone deaf to the whole thing. Sure. Just to, I don't know. Well, there's that scene where she looks at him after he's, you know, flung himself from a high place. She yeah. doesn't really react all that much, you know. I guess it was more important for her to beat the Tyrells. Yeah. Beat or, the t- yeah. beat the Tyrells and the High Sparrow. Than it was, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. But made for some great television. It did. It was really good. Well scored. Mm-hmm. Anything else happened in that little bit? Was there any more information? Um I mean the whole Lancel like she wanted to punish it. He he's the reason she was in trouble with the 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 sparrows anyway, because it was her her incest with him, not her incest with Jamie, that was the cause right. of her 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 problems with the the high sparrow yeah. and the faith militant. So she she wanted to get him. Um, a lot of people were confused as to why Lancel would go after the after the child when he was running around, but. 
I'm pretty sure the sparrow and and by you know by, by association the you know Lancel would know about the Kyburn's little birds. You know, mm-hmm. I think they want to track them down and you know see where they're working for, or question them, or why they were even you know puttering around near there. Yeah, so I think that's 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 his reasoning for for going after the the kid that was running off suspiciously. Mm. Okay. Uh, other King's Landing stuff. What's his name? Gets butchered by the little sparrows. Oh, little... Maester Pycelle. Maester Pycelle. Yep. Who I didn't realize, but was Maester to five kings. That's quite a few. Yeah. I mean, Robert Baratheon was one of them. Uh, Ares the Mad King was one of them. Yeah, he's been around for a long time. Joffrey, Tommen. Joffrey, Tommen, yeah. Was there anybody else in there? I don't know. Was Ned King briefly? No. No, but it might have been It might have been the king before Ares, too. Okay. Yeah, so sucked to see him go. No, it didn't. I didn't like Pycelle. Yeah, he was just an old man, though. You he kind of felt he's bad for him. pervy. He's way more pervy in the books <laughs> than he is in the show, but he's okay. still pretty pervy. And Fair enough. Grimy. All right. Uh, Cersei hated him too. Maybe not at first in the show, but well, Cersei hates him. That is a direct reason for me to like him. Oh, okay. See, I was starting to like be okay with Cersei until she blew up everybody. Nah. So, I like the Tyrells. I didn't want anything to happen to them. I did not like the High Sparrow. Yeah, no, or, I'm with you on Faith that. Militant, but I really, I was I, a big Marjorie fan. I, yep, I like Marjorie. I like Loras, even Mace. Even though Olena, uh, Olena Tyrell was constantly saying how much of an oaf he was, uh, I, I still, you know, he was an okay guy. <clears throat> so. Yep. Uh, I think that's it for the King's Landing stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Where else were we? Uh, the twins. I think that's where they went next, right? With Jamie and uh, uh, Walder Frey. Braun. All right. And Jamie. Yes. They have a little little thing about the women, and then uh, Jamie and Jamie and Walder uh, have a quick conversation about being laughed at behind their backs, and Jamie's like, you know, people aren't afraid of the Freys. They're afraid of the Lannisters because the mm-hmm. Freys are somewhat – they seem to be somewhat incompetent. Well, know? their whole argument was uh, about, like, actual combat and fighting yep. and, and Jamie asked question Walder Frey's combat history and mm-hmm. he basically said like I did I don't need to fight to win look at what I have now yeah. and Jamie's point was you didn't do anything yeah. you would have nothing without the Lannisters sure um, so kind of gave him a little jab there uh-huh. uh, and then there is a a attractive hmm an attractive bar wench who chats with jamie briefly correct yeah i think she pours him wine or something she pours him wine uh but then later on and we'll just skip we'll yeah. just stay in one spot and sure. just skip to the to the towards the end of the episode turns out that that girl uh either became aria or aria became her or she was already aria i don't mm-hmm. know wearing her face the barmaid's face uh and she f- feeds wald defray his two sons in a meat pie <laughs> and then cuts his throat yeah and says, you know, I want the last thing for you to see is a. Doesn't she say something like that? Like, I yeah, want Stark, you to see a smiling, smiling Stark as you bleed out, yeah, or something as like you that. bleed out. It's good and stuff. Cuts his cuts his throat in uh, dramatic fashion, in the same way Catelyn's throat was slit. Uh-huh. Very satisfying. Finally, Arya is doing something. I feel like. 
Yeah, and she uh, she says like my name is Arya Stark. You know, she doesn't do the whole I'm no one thing. Yeah. So it just it it plays into that whole uh, you know she she learned from the faceless men without adopting their yep. their their, their anonymous nature. Yeah, uh, which like you said is is very rewarding. Finally, it's nice to see her like that. Yeah, uh-huh. back in Westeros. Knocking those names off her list. Yeah. It, what, what's exciting about it is where she's going to go from here. Like, who's she going to go after next? Or is she going to join up with uh, uh, John and Sansa up in Winterfell? You know, I'll, I'm really interested to see where she's going to go from here and what she's going to do. Because she's kind of a loose cannon. Well, even uh, in the, the context of, like, storytelling, she can be literally anybody. Yeah, exactly. We will have no idea, which is, is she, a little bit frustrating for me. But sure, it's still fun. Yeah, is she, you know, is she going to go after Cersei next? Like, you don't you don't know who she's going to try to kill next. It's great. Well, there was a time when, especially when she was having her her relationship with the Hound, where I thought it was going to be the type of thing where everybody on her list, she sort of has finds compassion for. Because it seemed like she was getting there with the hound. Like, uh-huh. yes, he did these awful things, but there was justification behind it. So I wondered briefly, and even for Cersei, when she met uh, Lady Crane, mm-hmm. um, she started to understand the love that Cersei had for her children. Yeah. So I started thinking, like, maybe she's just going to find these redeeming qualities of all these people on her list and, like, have a moment of clarity where she, like I said, finds the compassion and doesn't end up killing them. But She may still do that. Walder Frey is not one person that I don't think she could ever find compassion for. He was kind of a vile creature. There was absolutely no indication that he (laughs) had any likable qualities, any redeeming qualities. No. But like you said, with uh, with the Hound, she did end up kind of liking, and and Cersei. It's possible she could uh, kind of empathize with Cersei a little bit with her her love for her children. Although her children are gone now, so who knows what she's gonna do? But yeah, that's that's that would be interesting to see if that happens. Yeah, I doubt it. I don't think it'll happen now. Who else is on our list? The Mountain. He's he, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> no. Um, she killed. She killed uh, Marin. Tywin was on her list. Right? Tywin was on but the he's, list. He's gone. He, he's dead. Yeah, I can't remember who else is still on her list now. Well, we'll see. Yeah. So we had that little bit. Was there any more to that? The River Run stuff, Jamie stuff. I don't. I don't think so. Walder Frey. So. No, I don't think there was. Uh, we can move on to Winterfell. Yeah, let's go to Winterfell. Winterfell. Was where the interesting things happened. Well, I don't know. It was all interesting, but uh, so yeah, John and John and uh, Sansa have a little conversation about how they need to trust each other. Um, it's kind of a nice, tender moment. Uh, they they uh, Sansa mentions that the White Raven from the Citadel came, and uh, winter has begun. So winter is here. Winter is not coming anymore. It's here. Um, uh, and then it cuts, I think after that, it cuts to in the Great Hall of Winterfell. Uh, John's kind of hanging out in there. He has a quick conversation with Melisandre. Uh, Davos comes in with uh, Princess Shireen's uh, little carved stag uh, and accuses, tells John and accuses Melisandre of burning Shireen at the stake. Very clearly upset about it, wants to execute her. John says, do you have anything to say for yourself? She says, you know, no, but... You know, don't kill me. I, I, you know, I can help you with the, 
White Walker menace that's coming, but he exiles her to the south, says, if you ever come back, we'll hang you for a murderer. So, If you didn't like Davos before that scene, how could you not? Like, he he's one of my favorite that so well. Yeah, he's one of my favorite characters, definitely. Me, like I said, me and the wife were convinced that he was going to die during the Battle of Bastards episode. Convinced. But... No, because he needs to give Jorar, Sir, Sir Jorar Marmont... I'm having a hard time pronouncing things. The cure for his stone skin. The cure, yeah. Grayscale. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. I think um, I think at this point, like, the characters that are left aren't as expendable as characters were earlier in the show. Yeah. Uh, because there's not many characters left, and I think the characters that have survived to this point uh, have a purpose what, for one, one reason or another. Yep. So I think they'll be fulfilling those purposes over the next two seasons. Yep. So, you know, no, that, like I was saying that that was a really well acted scene. Yep. Uh, I did feel a little sympathy towards Melisandre. Sure. Cause she has sort of been a little conflicted, conflicted and she's been hands off a little bit. She's kind of just been, I don't know, going ever since she revived John, she's just kind of been going with the flow and she's like, I'm supporting you. I'm supporting you. She hasn't been doing her crazy witchy stuff. Yeah. And I remember when she, they first introduced her with Stannis uh, early on, like she was visually psychotic yeah. and evil. Uh-huh. And that side of her is totally gone from the show. Sure. Uh, I don't know if, if that turn was like part of her character. Cause I don't think anything happened where maybe the death of Stannis and like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they, her like that, but she probably realized at that point, like I, I'm kind of to blame for killing all these people. Yeah, you know, for for Stannis, for uh, for Stannis's wife, whose name I can't remember right now, but Shireen too. Like uh, all of that was was essentially for no reason. I had the the person wrong. So yeah, well, yeah. like I said, I think the Shireen sacrifice is what kept John alive. It could be, yeah. What brought him back to life and what kept him alive in the Battle of the Bastards. Could be. Um, I mean, there's no way to prove that, so maybe it'll come to light in the show. I don't know, but that was that was my theory. Yeah. But but you're right. Um, that, that all that stuff could have could have definitely turned her, and I don't think we've seen the end of her story. No, she's gonna meet up with Arya. People think because she did predict that she would see Arya again at, at a later date. Well, Beardless mentioned in the chat that uh, she was on Arya's list to kill. Oh, was she really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember uh, Arya's whole list at yeah. this point. Okay. Uh, so real quick, north of the wall, we see Bran getting dropped off kind of near the wall by uh, Benjen. Uh, him and Mira are trying to decide what to do next. They're going to head back to the wall. Uh, but Bran gets dropped off and goes to the Weirwood tree to go back in time to see what happens in the Tower of Joy, which I've been waiting for all season. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people were. Um, how do you feel about that whole thing, Corey? I'm torn, mm-hmm. and part of the issue I wish I didn't know that that, Ahead that of time. It was coming. Yeah, because I think I would have taken it at face value and really appreciated it. And and part of me still wants to because mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at with Game of Thrones. Like I'm done with the theory crafting. Like mm-hmm. what you see is what you get. Give it up. Quit trying to justify like bad TV writing or you know whatever with these crazy psychotic theories. Mm-hmm. Um, the show's not going to be perfect. 
Sure. It's still really good and it can have mistakes. That's fine. Uh, but part of me wants to, part of me wishes that what's been theorized for the last decade, uh, it seems like is true. Yeah. That, uh, Leanna had a child with Rhaegar mm-hmm. and his name is Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. But, I want there to be something more to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I I was texting you after the episode trying to like find the find the the crack in in that whole bit mm-hmm. um unsuccessfully, but I just want there to be more to it than what people have suspected for so long. And I I, I don't know, I just I, I always felt like George R R Martin is the type of person who would give us that. Well, sure. But at the same time, like, uh, he knows, he knows people have been suspecting that. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, what the, la- the last book I think came out in 2012. Okay. And I think this theory, like, there's hints dropped throughout all the books that this is the, the case. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the first book came out 20 years ago. So, you know, uh, like you said, part of the reason why it's not as shocking as it could be for, uh, like, a, casual show viewer is because me being the nerd that I am, I have to know everything. I can't, I can't let it go. I like to read theories. I like to see what people, what people think is going to happen. I like to see what, you know, what comes true, what doesn't come true. Like I have to know everything about it. So, well, so, so I guess the takeaway from all that is there are now two people in, in all of Westeros that know the origin of Jon Snow, uh, Bran Stark and Holland Reed. Yeah. Holland Reed, have we seen? Not adult Holland Reed, just young Holland Reed. What we saw in the Tower of Joy, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's probably out. Uh, So Bran needs to deliver, do something with that information. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because, like, why would anyone believe? It's been common knowledge that Jon Snow is Ned Stark's bastard for however long he's been alive. Right. You know, like, all of a sudden, like, no, he's actually Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark's I guess... Uh, I've heard speculated that they'll discover something in the crypts. Yeah, I've heard that when when they bury Rickon, because mm-hmm. John said he wanted him buried in the crypts. Yeah, with the family, that they'll discover a giveaway there. Uh, but it also could be something like the way that John can combat the White Walkers. Like it's in the blood. It's in the Targaryen blood. Sure, Targaryen blood. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. But it was great because they contrasted that with the scene in Winterfell. Yeah. Oh, so good such a good transition yeah when all the northern houses are pledging their support for Jon Snow based on the fact that he has Ned Stark's blood (laughs) blood. nope it's like well I mean he's got Stark blood yeah but not Ned's so it'll it'll be really interesting to see how the houses take that and it kind of comes down to like is Sansa the the Stark you know the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the most legitimate Stark brand throne, but brand like who knows what what Brand's deal is? You know he's well. Brand's got to die. Yeah, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but he's gonna die somehow. Sure. So uh, that would make Sansa the most, yeah, like you said, legitimate. At least as far as Ned Stark's relations go. Yeah, I don't know. Good but stuff. there, uh, speaking of that scene, it was really cool to see Lady Mormont again, yeah. sort of spearhead the support for Jon Snow. She's a great character. Yeah, 
I hope they don't ever do it, though. I would leave it at that. I would sure. touch it again. You know, maybe she's on a horse again, scowling at people, but don't give her any more. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to do too many of those types of things. Yeah. But, you know, I really, I, yeah, I really, she's the one that kind of spearheaded the making John the King of the North. Um, kind of shaming uh, Wyman Manderley and, uh, and uh, Glover. I can't think of Glover's first name, but because they, you know, they were the strongest families remaining that didn't support John and Sansa in there. Actually, uh, the other night I was doing a bunch of wikiing of the the episode and reading about the Manderleys and stuff, and apparently they're like the most pure-blooded Northerners, the Manderleys. Really? And they're very well respected. Yeah. They're, they're <clears throat> because I've spent plenty of time playing uh, the Game of Thrones um, Mountain Blade Warband thing, Oh yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, I have a pretty good uh, understanding of the the way the families are. Yeah, it's it's a pretty big, well respected family. And they're also the White, White Harbor the, is their is their town. They're the, like the biggest uh, economic driving factor for the North. Yeah, the and they're port. supporters of a different religion too from the rest of them, right? Aren't they supporters of the, of uh, the Seven? Faith of the Seven. Yep. Yeah. Instead of the old gods, like the most of the North, anyway. Yep. This is this is the stuff, incidentally, that I love about Game of Thrones is how well fleshed out all that is. All the all the major houses, all the minor houses, even like the tiny houses are. It's just so well well thought out, and, and yeah. it it's, feels real, you know. Like it could be actual history, other than the dragons and the White Walkers and all that stuff, like. Well, I said it last week uh, that after the Battle of the Bastards, like, it it got me so interested in, like, medieval warfare that I went, like, I was on Wikipedia going down the Wikipedia rabbit hole of, like, the Middle Ages and medieval, yeah. excuse me, battles and stuff like that. And you're right. Like, it feels so real. And I don't know. I've always been into, like, medieval movies and stuff, but never really medieval history too much. Yeah. But now I just want to, like, dive into it now's when you should play crusader kings too yeah because that's right. all that is yeah see how that all plays out mm-hmm. uh did we miss anything in the episode the john snow bit with sansa where he says like i want to i want to be your king you i want you to be my queen we can be on the throne together i've been dreaming of that and she kind of shuts him down little finger who did i say you said john oh yeah that'd be weird or not yeah. in game of thrones world right might be normal but They're yeah cousins. you're right little finger uh tells sansa he's been dreaming of of sitting on the iron throne and that he wants sansa on his side i Any still thoughts on that i still i just don't know what to make of little finger i just don't yeah. like i know even that could be the point where he's actually admitting like what's he what he wants but i'm i still don't entirely trust that that's exactly what he wants yeah you know it seems like he does want sansa um, you know, that's kind of been clear for the past, what, two seasons or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, ultimately I have no idea what Littlefinger wants. I know he says he wants to be on the Iron Throne, but I don't know if I believe him. <laughs> I mean, if there's one character he's, uh, endeared himself to, it's Sansa. Yeah. That's still alive anyway. Yeah. You know, that's the one character he is most likely to be honest with. Sure. But even that's not enough based on what we know about Littlefinger. Yeah. He's a scheming prick. Yeah. 
Who knows? And that grin, that grin he gives Sansa is terrifying. Yeah, when they make John King of the North. Yeah. Yeah. And they make eye contact. Yep. And he's grinning in the corner by himself. It's like, oh boy. <laughs> what's this he got? Be, what's yeah, he got cooking? Could be trouble. And I mean, is is he going to kill John? I don't think so. I think John's too important at it's this his, point. Isn't his biggest like obstacle? Yeah. To yeah to, to, to being Sansa? to being warden of the North definitely. Yeah. I don't know about an obstacle King? obstacle to Sansa. I think Sansa's a free agent in all of this now, especially if John is going to be, yeah, you know, the king. I guess. Here's one. Uh, I was reading about the Vale's support of Jon Snow. Uh-huh. And I was doing research, um, and I can't remember the specifics of everything, but I learned that the the that at the in the very first episode, uh, at the very beginning, when those three soldiers yeah. from the wall yep. go out, and the one guy who's in charge of them yeah. is uh, Royce. Royce, yep. the son of the commander of the Vale soldiers. Yep. I didn't realize that. Yeah, the Royce, Royces are like the biggest, the most important uh, Vale family. Yeah. So that, I mean, that kind of helped all that stuff. I don't know. I was yeah. just going down the Wikipedia rabbit hole and just reading about all this stuff. I'm like, oh my God, it makes more sense than... There's it a should. lot, yeah. There's a lot of faces like in the show uh, that are like important characters in the books and stuff, yeah. uh, whose names you learn, but they're just faces in the show. Like they're yeah. not, they're not anyone important. They're important to Westeros, but not maybe not important to the to the reader or viewer necessarily. Yep. I don't know. That's all I got. Where do we go from here, Dan? Uh, there, real quick. Uh, there's the scene with Sam uh, getting off at, right. at High Tower and heading into the Citadel and uh, informing the uh, I don't know the clerk there that <laughs> that Lord Commander Mormont was was dead. Um, he doesn't know yet that Jon Snow was was dead too and no longer Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. So interesting to see his reaction to all that stuff but yeah he basically goes into the into the citadel and looks at all the books and uh gets a boner most likely what's he gonna find uh some people think he's gonna find like a valyrian steel recipe Mm. so they can start making valyrian steel swords again that's just the theory floating around i don't really know it's gotta be he's gonna find something important there i don't think he's gonna because like training to be a maester takes a long time years i don't think they have time for that so i don't think he's gonna be there for very long oh the other thing we see is olena with the martells yep i was gonna get into that with the marine um yeah uh olena's uh talking to the tyrell she shuts down all the sand snake women just to you know specifically talk to elia martell and who's saying, you know, we're going to offer you, I think she says survival at first. And Elena's like, I don't want survival. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my house is pretty much dead at this point, which that's another discrepancy with the books. The books, uh, Loris and Marjorie have two older brothers. I don't know if they're even mentioned at all in the show. Okay. Um, but yeah, Loris isn't heir to Highgarden. I don't think, I think it's one of, one of their older brothers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, she, she says she wants vengeance. Uh, and then, cut to a hall and you see a bald dude walking down the hall and it's Varys saying I can 
promise you vengeance with fire and blood. You're like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, Varys' secret mission that he got sent to do a few episodes in the back was to go um, uh, enlist the help of the Martells, who obviously hate the Lannisters. I don't know if he was expecting to get the Tyrells, too. Uh, I don't know, you know, the the timeline of when things happen isn't all always, uh, um, right, you know, right on. So, you know, I don't know when the the explosion happened, uh, but he gets the Tyrells to help too. So, well, the Tyrells have, I mean, other than the arranged marriages with Lannisters, have always, it seemed to me anyway, been anti Lannister. Yeah, they're antagonistic to the Lannisters. Definitely, they they only uh, married into the Lannister family for survival, or not necessarily survival, but um, to kind of because uh, you know, Mar- well, Marjorie married Renly at first, who was a traitor. So uh, yeah. they, I think, with uh, the marriage to Joffrey after their, you know, Tommen, I guess, um, they that's how they. Uh, got past their their treason, so to speak. Uh, the Lannisters and Tyrells kind of needed each other because uh, the Tyrells also supplied a ton of food to King's Landing and all that stuff. So it was a political marriage, yeah, more so than common interest. Yep. So, um, Marine. Did we get anything in Marine? Yeah. What happened to Marine? Uh, Dan- Danny Daenerys basically dumps Dario Naharis. Yeah, uh, <laughs> on, wah, the behest, on the behest of uh, Tyrion. Poor guy. He says, well, yeah, but uh, like you said, Tyrion's logic makes sense. For yeah. her to go in there with the Queen Slate to go into Westeros for political alliances and marriages and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, there's a very touching moment with Tyrion and Daenerys. Uh, they're, you know, kind of talking to each other, and Daenerys names Tyrion the Hand of the Queen. For her invasion of Westeros, it's a very nice moment. It is. Uh, I think it's the first time he's sort of been acknowledged for right. his services. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think he's starting to fall in love with Daenerys too. I don't know if you picked up on that. Mm, no, I I did. I think he's. I didn't. <laughs> I think he's. Uh, I'm not saying there wasn't, but I just didn't pick up on it. Yeah, I think he's uh, fallen for a little bit. Uh, and then the very last scene of the episode is the invasion fleet uh with targaryen ships with martell ships and and tyrell ships uh they're headed to westeros oh there was tyrell ships yep i didn't notice mm-hmm. okay yeah i wish i had noticed that yeah i've watched it twice already ah okay that i think helps. that's i think that's everything though i do think we touched on everything so ultimately What'd you Ooh. think? I'm still wondering where Gendry is. <laughs> still rowing. Like, isn't he the That's most the joke. legitimate? He's, well, yeah. yeah the, I'm, I'm surprised there's not more of a succession crisis because, um, you know, Cersei's the, the queen. Like, there's no more Baratheons. They're, they're gone, pretty much. Uh, other than, yeah, Robert's bastards. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know if Cersei's like queen regent until they find someone else or if she's like actually like the queen of Westeros now. Well, that's what I, I don't know how that works. Like Jamie can never be king? I don't think so. How? Mm. I don't know. Cause he's the oldest Lannister. Well, yeah, male. but it's it, like the throne wasn't a Lannister throne. It was a Baratheon throne. I think uh, the only reason Cersei's on it was, be- was because she married Robert. 
Well, that's right, yeah. Good point. Huh. But yeah, I don't know. There's definitely going to be some sort. There should be a succession crisis, I would think. Also, who's going to be Lord of Storm's End because there's no more Baratheons left? I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see what happens next because the North is united behind Jon. Yep. Uh, Westeros is the the South is united. The South and uh, kind of the Iron Islands, I guess. The Iron Islands are will be a split, but uh, are united behind Daenerys. See that conclusion. There has to be conflict there. Yeah, people think Euron and Cersei are going to team up. Really? Yeah. Euron Greyjoy. Why? Because necessity. She doesn't need him, though. She's going to need someone because the entire North is rebelling and the entire South is rebelling. You don't anticipate the North joining with Daenerys? No, I'm talking about Cersei. Oh, Cersei. Cersei's going to. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Cersei's going to team up with Euron. So you're saying there's three factions, the North, Cersei, and Euron, Daenerys. And, and... And the South. So far. Okay. That's what I think. I I don't know that the North. I can't see them. They're not going to lie with the Lannisters. They they might ally with the Daenerys if they figure out that John is Targaryen. I don't know if Howland Reed's going to bring that information to to John's attention now that he's king in the North. Maybe when he makes his trip to swear fealty to John, he'll tell him his his true birthright. I don't know. That's a good point. And then there's Bran. I mean, Bran has Bran knows. Yeah, people think Bran's going to be the one responsible for bringing down the wall. There's a I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know you don't necessarily like the theories, Corey, but there's a theory that uh, Benjamin Stark was actually not a good guy. He's a bad guy, and once Bran goes into the wall, that's when the White Walkers can pass through the wall. Why? Because it breaks the wards. Well, yeah. Remember what happened when the White Walker touched Bran, and he was in the, the oh, tree. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a similar situation that Benjen was actually working for the White Walkers. He saved the brand from being killed by the, the rabble. Dan, there's no evil Starks. He's 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 dead, though. He's not really even alive. So is John. <laughs> John was resurrected. There's a difference. Yeah, that's, that's true. I don't know. I, I never thought of that, but I could see that. I, I have heard that, like, once Bran crosses, it will break the wards. Yeah. But I didn't realize that was Benjen's ploy. I, that's just a rumor. It might, it could be completely off base, but it's interesting to think about. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, I just sucks that we have to wait so long now. I just hope the book comes out before book six comes out before season seven starts. Wasn't it supposed to be out like last year? Originally? Yeah, there was a few. The they keep pushing back the release date for it. I don't think there is a release date now, but man. I'm probably Ooh. I'm probably about a third of the way through the third book. So I want I want to make sure I'm all caught up by the time season 7 starts. But yeah, um, I thought it was a great great episode, a great finale. Uh apparently the director of episodes 9 and 10 is not going to do any in in season 7. And he's going to start making movies. Miguel Saponic or Saponic. Yeah. So good. He'll start. Make, he'll make whatever movie he wants. Sure. He can do his own project now. Yeah. So, yeah. Any other thoughts, Corey? I don't think so. I'm sure I have a million questions, but like I said, I I put the Game of Thrones 
away in the corner of my mind <laughs> after the episode. Yeah. Actually, uh, that's probably a good idea, but Paul Tassi wrote an article on Forbes, uh, eight game video games to play if you're missing Game of Thrones already. He lists the reasons why it's pretty good. Game uh, Crusader Kings 2 was actually in there. Yeah, that's a good one. It's <laughs> a great one. That's a good one. So, okay. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, like I said, we'll resume these once, once Season 7 starts. Yeah. It's too goddamn long. It is. Way too long. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>